This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. And it is a pleasure for the first time since we have started this program over 100 episodes ago. And for the first time in more than 600 days, it is a Blue Bomber game day in Winnipeg, Manitoba. What is up? Great to have you all with us. Uh, we are counting down till kickoff tonight at IG Field with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers raising the 2019 Grey Cup banner and taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats in a Grey Cup rematch of the game in Calgary. The last three-down football game played here in this country in professional football. Welcome to the program I'm Andrew Patterson, along with the CTO, Michael Remus, and we have a great show today here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We will certainly focus in on the Bombers and Ticats, but there's lots of other things to get to. We're going to tee up the gold medal game in women's soccer, which mercifully has been moved from tonight. We no longer have a conflict between the Bombers and our women going for gold. That game is now 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. We'll all be able to have our cake and eat it too, be at the game tonight, and watch our Canadian women go for gold. Fabio Capone's going to join us a little later on in the program. And we'll also speak, and I know this will go over very well with um, certain regulars in our YouTube chat, Winnipeg Jet defenseman Logan Stanley. Two-year deal signed yesterday. We'll talk to Big Stan about uh, the deal, his season passed, his offseason, and the excitement around the uh, new additions on the Jet Blue Line looking ahead to next season. Um, so all of that coming up. Milt Stiegel in about 15 minutes or so to kick off the program. And uh, as always, we want to welcome our uh, and our family of sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. Um, we're so pumped to have the Beam Suntory crew on board. We'll tell you a little bit more about what they've got going as official sponsors of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers a little bit later on. Well, also a big thanks to Royal Sports, not Autocorp, Paramount Services Industry, uh, in, in Paramount Services Limited, um, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend Country Club, and of course, Cool Bet Canada. Let's get it going. Michael Remus joins us right now from um, WSTHQ. Remo? Zero more sleeps. I put a tweet out last night, mm-hmm. a little bit of a bomber fan roll call of who's going to the game tonight, and the notifications have been going off nonstop. This city is ready to go. It has been a long time coming. Oh, yeah. Bombers undefeated, defending that uh, Grey Cup champ- championship in 2019. Longest championship uh, reign ever. Are you laughing so this, hard? This is chat? embarrassing. This is embarrassing. Yeah. I just looked at the chat, and someone says, does Hustler have a sock hanging off his right ear? And I've just realized I still have this damn mask on. Oh, it's your I mask. Often, <laughs> I, I, I often will roll around. I hate these. I'm so sick of these damn things. So uh, yeah. you know where how pumped I am for Saturday. I know that's a hot take in this town. But anyways, uh, you know, going in elevators, I often have it on. But if I'm not, I just don't want to lose it. So I have it hanging off the ear. So. That was a bit of a fashion. That was a bit of a fashion full pause. Shout out to everyone that picked that up. Yes, <laughs> that picked that up. 
Um, sorry, not to derail things with a fashion fail here with a mask. Although this is a great mask, picked it up at Royal Sports. If you are one of those people that wants to wear a mask for the rest of your life, you can definitely pop by Royal and get one of these awesome, awesome yeah. NFL masks and a bunch of other ones. I joked that, you know, masks are going on sale like a traded player after the deadline. Uh, I, I see the Jets. The Jets have a sale. Well, I, I think everyone's blowing out masks uh, as we move move away. But who knows? Maybe uh, scoop them up now. You might need them in uh, in later months, especially with this uh, the way the smoke is going outside us. Feels like I'm at a campsite uh, in yeah. Winnipeg these days. Well, thanks to everybody getting vaccinated. These are going to be out uh, mostly of our lives. And you know what is in these. Oh, yeah. Winnipeg Sports Talk Koozies. I got one. I believe they're officially called the Can Cooler, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yes, Remo, enjoying a beverage in the Winnipeg Sports Talk Koozies. They just showed up today. If you would like to purchase one, you can go to the Winnipeg Sports Talk store. Uh, we've got a deal on one. Or I would suggest the four-pack. Stick one in your golf bag. Stick one in the pocket of your shorts. You've got a couple backups when you have people over. You will never, ever go wrong having a koozie on you. I'm telling you, and I've been living by this mantra for a long, long time. Anyone that knows me, uh, throughout the summer at least, always have a koozie on you. It's, I mean, it, it's just one of those things. It's like, uh, don't leave home without it. What, that was the Amex ad? Don't leave home without your koozie. And I will tell you, I'm going to be at the game tonight. Um, I am going to have a bit of a stash of these things. So if you see me probably in and around the Jim Beam still house, the Bruegel rum hut, that North end area, certainly in and around halftime, hit me up, ask for a koozie for everyone that's watching right now. If you're at the game and uh, as many as I have, I will be giving them out. Uh, but again, if you do want to support the store and pick some up, we do have some for sale right now on the store. Great job to Michael Remus for getting those things going. Yeah, we have them in studio. I'm just enjoying a, one of those parody names. <laughs> I, just chat. Saw, I just I'm just saw like, okay. <laughs> so yesterday, um, that's sorry, on me. That's yesterday, on me. you made a reference to a ball gag, <laughs> and um, someone made an account WST ball gag. I'm like, man, I might have to toss. You. I might have to toss you. Like, come on. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, you know, you make one little crack about Remus is going to get his special someone for Valentine's Day at the Hustler store, and the next thing you know, we've got new fake accounts coming in, and uh, and it continues going on. Um, anyways, yeah. let's uh, let, let's going on. Mall Paris with an interesting question. Um, Mall, any worry about air quality canceling the game tonight? I, that's the first time that's been brought up on my radar, and. Can you imagine for a minute? I mean, yeah. I guess I didn't worry about it until you put it in the chat, Maul. Uh, that would be, I mean, a disaster. Well, I mean, I guess you'd be able to reschedule the game or whatever, but that would really stink. Yeah. Everyone is ready to go tonight. The doors are opening half an hour earlier. They're going to have $5 beers and $3 hot dogs. And normally, Winnipeg Blue Bomber crowds sometimes are a little late arriving. Um I don't think that's going to be the case tonight. And Remo, even more so because of the rules that we're going through right now with everyone needing to you know, show their proof of vaccination. 
I have a feeling people will be getting there earlier. And frankly, it obviously will take longer to get in the building. And, um, you know, whereas I think some Bomber fans wouldn't mind, hey, we'll be five minutes late. We'll miss the kickoff. Not a big deal. Different story tonight because this city's been waiting over 30 years to raise that Grey Cup banner. And it's happening this evening before tonight's game. Yeah, just on the air quality, I am looking at the at the government weather.gc.ca website. It says moderate risk right now and no need to modify your usual outdoor activities. But uh, if you're at risk, consider reducing or rescheduling strenuous activities if you're experiencing symptoms. So I don't think I don't think it's a big risk uh, tonight, according to the government. It's maybe you know moderate, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's anything they'll cancel the game. No. Over. They've been practicing all week. I played baseball uh, Tuesday. I don't think, obviously, not ideal, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's like the worst thing ever. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I think it's something they've been paying attention to. They've been concerned about it, and maybe a couple. There, there could be a couple times where it was really somewhat hazardous here in the city uh, over the course of the last few weeks. That I mean, it certainly you know forced the bombers, uh, you know, indoors or uh, not practicing at times. So. Um, but anyways, I think we're looking good right now. And, you know, for a city that's had no rain and has been blazing hot sunshine for the better part of the last month, uh, this is a great, this is some great football weather tonight. It looks like it's going to be a high of about 27, a little bit overcast. It should be a real comfortable, comfortable night. I think for Rim, for everybody going back to that stadium for most people for the first time in two years. Oh yeah. It's been a long time. I'm trying to think of the last time I was there and it was so long ago uh, it slipped my mind but I think it'll be really exciting we'll have a great game two great teams the defending champion Bombers against the team they beat Hamilton and the Bombers looking pretty similar although they have two big losses uh, Andrew Harris Brady Oliveira you know the Ticats have that explosive offense they'll have Masoli starting and he was he was great before he got injured in the last CFL season so I think it'll be a great game I think the we're talking about the betting line I think Bombers started off. I just see you reading the channel laughing. Bombers started off what uh, three and a half underdog. I think it's moved to two and a half now. So uh, I think uh, even hope with you, the injuries, hope you got in on it yesterday, folks. Yeah. Let's do a little quick update on that while we uh, while, while we uh, get ready for the great Milt Stiegel to join us coming up. Uh, yes, you are correct, Michael Remus. Um, so for any of us like myself that got in on the Bombers at plus 152 yesterday, timing was excellent because it's down to plus 120. And yes, that three and a half that was hung out earlier is now two and a half. Bombers still home underdogs, though. And I think a lot of people thinking that they'll come out and have a great game tonight. Although Hamilton is a heck of a heck of a team, Raymond. You know, we'll get into some of this with Milt Stiegel. Um, but. It's going to be a challenge for this Bomber offense and Buck Pierce in their first game, um, you know, going in without Andrew Harris and without Darvin Adams. And the, the Darvin Adams injury is significant. I mean, you know, the connection that he had with Zach Caleros, albeit in only four games, uh, was pretty special. It changed the Blue Bomber offense, and he was that deep threat that you always had to, you know, had to worry about. It'll be interesting to see how the Bombers um, are able to try to do exactly that stretch the field. Um, I'm looking at Kenny Lawler tonight, Nick Dembski, Rashid Bailey to have big games. We'll see how much Drew Wolitarski uh, gets as far as touches and targets. But it's the running game that'll be really interesting. And listen, Andrew Harris is 34 years old. The guy's had an incredible career, fin finished on top, finished his last season on top, making history as the MOP, the most valuable Canadian in the Grey Cup, and holding up that trophy. 
Um, the fact that he's not in the lineup tonight and really hasn't been seen in training camp so far is, um, you know, I think in some ways it's sort of uh, a sign of things to come. And, you know, Brady Oliveira is going to get the start tonight. Um, I think that the opportunity for Brady Oliveira is to go in and show that he is very much the next man up. Um, because honestly, the way the season has started Reem, um, and where Andrew Harris is in his career, I do wonder if he is a guy that can come back and will be a guy that, you know, can carry the workload that he has carried for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers over the past few seasons, which has been as much as anybody in Canadian football, hell, probably professional football, when you talk about a share of carries and touches on his team's offensive plays. Yeah, when you talk about having a season off and older players, I go back a lot for the to the 06 loss, or was it 04? NHL lockout that wiped out 0405. And when everyone came back in 05, I mean, I mean, there were some guys who hadn't suited, you know, hadn't maybe worked out as much, hadn't stayed in shape, and came back and, you know, weren't really the same players that they were after that year off. I mean, is Andrew Harris going to be one of those players? I don't know, but I do know that he's an older player and he's injured right now. So I think that's something to think about. Will we see, you know, some guys who try to give it a go and, simply aren't able to because, you know, their bodies haven't haven't adjusted to, uh, you know, getting back into football. One thing's for sure, it was a great talk with Marshall Ferguson yesterday, and he was mentioning how much the Bombers last season or last CFL season uh, relied on Andrew Harris and Darwin Adams. We know Harris was a big focal point, and Adams as well. I think he said, like, well, like they had like 40 or 40% of the touches, something around there. And so th- those are huge contributors, but I think... It was 39 just for yeah. Harris. And then Harris, it was yeah. another 15 for Darvin Adams. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially during those games, 55%. Those games Caleros was in. Yeah. Now, I, I will say this. I think the Bomber playbook is going to be very different going into week one. I mean, keep in mind that Zach Caleros had one game and then was playing playoff games. And you still had Chris Streveler in the mix. So, it was still a very run-centric focused offense. I'm not sure that that will be the case. Or, or I'll say this. I don't think it will be as run centric as it was in 2019. I mean, part of it, we've been talking about it. The Bombers won the great cup as the ninth rated passing team in the Canadian football league. And that's not normally the path for, I mean, to, you know, to win championships, but they did it by dominating on the offensive line, dominating on the defensive line. And certainly that running game and a unique running game, which both had Andrew Harris and Chris Streveler making things happen on the reg um, it was uh, was what they were able to do. I just think that is a little different now with Zach Caleros in and Chris Streveler not being a part of the mix. And certainly without Andrew Harris in it, um, you know, we could see a different look at, you know, is maybe more of a prototypical CFL offense. So um, I'll tell you what, no better person to talk about that with than our next guest. But as we do that, we've got a couple things to let you know about before we, uh, before we bring in the great Milt Stiegel uh, we are so excited to welcome on a new sponsor to Winnipeg Sports Talk, and that, of course, is Canadian Club Whiskey, which is the official whiskey of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, along with their partner brands, Bruegel Rum, of course, the Bruegel Rum Hut. I might see you there tonight with some of these Winnipeg Sports Talk koozies, Jim Beam Bourbon. They've got the Jim Beam Stillhouse there in the North End as well at Northern Keep Vodka and Salsa Tequila. Uh, we cannot wait to partner with Canadian Club throughout the bomber season and going forward on some great Winnipeg sports talk events and giveaways. 
and just want to welcome the entire Canadian club and uh, Beam Suntory team, James and KT. Thanks so much for the work you guys have put into this. It's great to have you on board, and uh, we'll be cheersing a few CCs and Cokes, I think, tonight with 30,000-plus at the stadium. And uh, whether it's the Still House, the Rugal Rum Hut, we'll see you there in the North End coming up at halftime. Make sure to hit me up. So great to have them on board. We've got some exciting giveaways coming up. We'll look forward to doing that, too. If you haven't already and you need to get your blue and gold for the game tonight, there's still time to stop off over at Royal Sports. 750 Pemina Highway, 650 Rally EK. Was there just in the last couple days. I know my mom popped in to get my dad a Grey Cup champion shirt for the game tonight. Um, they've got some great selection, tons of hats, hoodies. They've got it all, including 2019 championship gear. So if you uh, are looking for a quick stop in and out, for all your bomber merch needs, hit up our friends at Royal Sports. And while you're there, check out the bikes, the camping equipment, the incredible cool stuff they've got on the King Skate Snow and Surf side, not to mention football, soccer, hockey, baseball. They've got it all at Royal Sports 650 Rally EK. And of course, this is a perfect segue into our next guest because Not Autocorp has been our sponsor and our partner from day number one. I can't wait to see Trevor and the Knot Gang. I know they're doing a big uh, little afternoon shaker outside before the game, and they'll be coming in numbers to the game tonight. Uh, if you're looking for a great new ride, there's only one place to go. That's Waverly and McGillivray, not Autocorp, as well as check out. They have some very, very exciting things coming up, including maybe, well, have you said this before? I'm not sure anyone has ever looked cooler than Milt Stiegel in the not Autocorp commercial 1.0. And word on the street is that version 2.0 is being made as well. So let's bring in the number one not spokesman of all time and the GOAT when it comes to receivers in the Canadian Football League, our friend, the one and only Turtle Man himself, Milt Stiegel. Milt, what's going on? How are you? Man, how are you doing, man? It's great to see you back on the scene. I'm loving it, man. I'm excited about football tonight man i'm just ready to go so i'm in a great mood right now you are uh you're not the only one my friend i can tell you everyone the chat is fired up that you're here and um and honestly just excited that uh we hopefully get some semblance of normalcy getting back to that park for what will be an incredibly special moment not only having this community come together with thirty thousand people at a sporting event for the first time since the pandemic but also raising that Grey Cup banner that we've waited yes. about three decades to. And I mean, <laughs> as someone that bled and sweat and put so much into this team, I mean, we've talked since the team won the Grey Cup and how special that was for anybody connected to the Bombers. But what do you think? And how are you going to be feeling tonight when you see that stadium full and that banner go up in the peg? Man, I'm going to be filled with so much pride. Uh, I mean, it, it's so deserving. I mean, those players, of course, they're the ones who went out in the field and, and did it. But those fans who've been waiting for, you know, three decades to get this opportunity. I mean, those are the individuals that I'll be so excited for. You know, they've been patient. They've been through the ups and downs. So, I mean, I wish we could be there. I, I was so looking forward to being there with the panel and celebrating with those fans. But I'll be right here in my basement broadcasting from here, right there, knowing that those fans are having a great time. And and hopefully those players are able to uh, to carry that momentum into a victory tonight. Well, and and I mean, from a player standpoint, and and Milt, you were legendary for the shape that you kept yourself in throughout your playing career, and I would imagine still almost to this day, that's just sort of the <laughs> way that you were wired. 
But I mean, it's interesting to see no Andrew Harris for most of training camp. He won't be in the game tonight. I mean, give us your perspective on the challenges for some veteran players to go through what happened, the uncertainty, a lost season, probably working in other areas Mm -hmm. and then having to wind it up again and get back into the headspace of putting on the helmet and getting out on the field. It's not easy. Uh, And I don't care, regardless if you're a, Uh, 10-year, 12-year veteran like Andrew Harris and some other guys, or this is your first or second year. It's not an easy thing to do. And and you alluded to the fact that, you know, a lot of these guys, they had to go get jobs. Let's let's be honest about it. The CFL doesn't pay enough where guys can take 20 months off and not have to work. So a lot of these guys had to get, you know, normal nine to five. So I'm sure that took away from their opportunities to work out. And then they're told, okay, now you have to get ready to get ready for training camp. That's not an easy transition. So I don't think anyone is surprised about the injuries. I think they are surprised about the amount of injuries, but, you know, it's not an easy task. Let's hope Andrew Harris is able to get back on the field and do what he's done in the past years. But as we all know, Father Tom is undefeated. I know personally Father Tom is undefeated. So it may take a second for everyone to get acclimated back into the game of football. Well, and and Milt, I mean, it's uh, it's a cruel business at times, but with every, you know, injury or unavailability, there's an opportunity for somebody mm. else. And, you know, really, I have to give Kyle Walters credit. I mean, they put so much into the team and relied on Harris as a, you know, as a workhorse, but also as a Canadian in the Canadian Football League. They've surrounded him with a couple very capable other Canadian backs and Brady Oliveira and Johnny Augustine. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's, I mean, at 34 years old, it's realistic to wonder what Andrew Harris has left in the tank, how much they can continue to lean on him. And in some ways, I think we're seeing the start of the bomber secession plan with the home opener tonight and Oliveira in the backfield. Yeah. And, and you have to start doing that. I mean, don't get me wrong. The last time we saw Andrew Harris, he was a monster. I mean, he was a great cup MVP and top yep. Canadian but taking that amount of time off, uh, and you know, people say, well, he's, his body was rested. Well, Andrew Harris, he's been playing football for a long time. His body doesn't need too much rest. So you take that amount of time off, and it's going to weigh negatively on your body. So Kyle Walters, as you mentioned, he's a smart individual. You know, they drafted Oliveira uh, 2019. We've seen Augustine, what he can do when Andrew Harris is out. So they're ready for that transition when Andrew Harris can no longer play. Hopefully, like as I mentioned, Hopefully he can get back on the field. I would love to see him be the first Canadian, get to 10,000 yards. That would be something extravagant. But they know eventually Andrew Harris will not be stepping on the field as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers bomber, and they have to be ready for that. And I think they totally are. The GOAT, Milt Stiegel, with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, getting ready for the Bombers and Cats and the return of the CFL tonight, live from IG Field. Milt, the Bomber team that won in 2019 was a very unique team. I mean, they did it in a, a way that's quite different than most prototypical CFL offenses. They ran the ball more than anyone. They passed the ball least less than anybody <laughs> else and obviously did a hell of a job on defense and really won the Grey Cup with the battles on the offensive line. Chris Strebler's not here anymore. Mm. Zach Caleros is now the guy without mm-hmm. really any sort I mean, Sean McGuire will be the backup, but I mean, this is going to be Zach Caleros' job and Zach Caleros' is only for the most part. How different do you think this bomber offense will look with Caleros in and Buck Pierce as the offensive coordinator as opposed to that very unique unit that Paul Lapolis put together and seemingly squeezed the most out of everybody that he had on the roster? Yeah, it has to look different. And even if I, I even think if Andrew Harris was playing tonight, 
their attack would be more balanced. It has to be. Uh, one of the, the things you mentioned, there's no more Chris Trevor. Chris Trevor rushed for almost 800 yards <laughs> in 2019. And Andrew Harris is not the Andrew Harris of old because he can't take all that pounding. You can't give Andrew Harris the ball that many times and think he's going to be there for you when you really need him at the end of the year in the playoffs and hopefully to the Grey Cup. So their game has to evolve. Buck Pierce knows that. He knows that he has to get more opportunities for uh, Zach Kalash to throw the ball downfield. And I think who's going to benefit from that the most, Nick Dembski. And even more than Nick, Nick, Nick Dembski is uh, Lawler. I think Lawler will double his output from what he did last year. I think he'll get 13, 1,400 yards. So they know they have to be more of a balanced attack. They can't be first in rushing and last in passing this year and think they're going to make it to the Grey Cup. And I think Buck Pierce, Cal Walters, and Mike O'Shea and everyone else understands that. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, I mean, the numbers. Um, it's unbelievable, really, when you think of the CFL, the way the game is played, the way we understand CFL offenses to be. And look at the receiving yards of the team that won the championship in 2019. <laughs> I mean, I think the leading receiver was in it around six or 700 yards, yeah, Milton. Lawler, I, mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, that just doesn't it happen very often. But it did seem like Darvin Adams especially was that deep threat. He won't be there tonight. Um, the loss of Adams in game number one, how does that change what the Bombers will be able to do? And uh, maybe you've already just answered that question with the guys you talked about, but who will be the guy from an offensive perspective that will get the opportunities and will really need to step up without the number one deep threat out of the lineup? Yeah, and I alluded to that. I talked about Nick, Nick Dembski. I always mess up his name. But I think even more than that, Kenny Lawler. And we saw what he could do in just his rookie year. You know, he had 675 yards. He was their leading receiver. And he didn't get many opportunities, as we talked about, because they just were a run team first. But I think now they're going to open up the offense and allow him to be the man. Of course, it would be nice to have Adams there. He's somewhat of a security blanket. He's been around for a while. Him and Zach, they somewhat know each other. But Kenny Lawler, I think we're going to really see the game open up, and he's going to have not only a big game, but a big year. Between him and Dembski, I can see those guys combining for maybe between – 2,000 and 2,400 yards and maybe 10 to 15 touchdowns. And we haven't seen that type of output from two receivers in Winnipeg in some years now. So they have to change the game. And and as I alluded to, those two guys are going to really benefit from Zach being able to throw the ball. Because we know what he can do, Zach, when he's healthy and able to throw the ball. And I think that's going to happen this year. Well, and of course, I mean, the entire success of the Bombers, at least is how they're presently constructed uh, relies on the health of Zach Caleros. And mm. from a good standpoint, I mean, the Bombers, and this goes back to Kyle Walters kind of burning everything to the ground and starting from scratch. The number one thing they addressed was the offensive line, Milton. I think you can look back at the 2019 team and this year. I mean, that is, that's the foundation for successful offensive football. And the Bombers still have the horses to both protect the quarterback and help the running backs move the chains. Without a doubt. And, and that's the foundation. You ask any team, you know, what area they like to make sure is intact, and that's offensive line. And they have two of the best tackles in the game, even interior guys. They all play well together. And all these guys are good individually, but they're even better because they know how to play well together. In two positions, you can have the best individuals, but if they don't know how to play well together, it's not going to work. And that's defensive back and, of course, offensive line. And these guys have been playing together long enough. They understand their roles. They understand how important they are to this team. And I think everyone else does. And that's why they're able to keep doing what they're doing. They're going to really have to be on their game because they have to protect Zach. Don't get me wrong. I I know Sean McGuire is a good quarterback. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in a professional level. But he's thrown three passes in his CFL career. And if they're going to depend on him, 
to get back to where they were in 2019, that's going to be a difficult task. So they have to protect Zach for them to have an opportunity to get back to the Grey Cup. Well, Milt, you mentioned the two foundations of football. The offensive line, you know there's a big check for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and you can probably put them right at the top of the league. The defensive secondary is an entirely different story. Mm. I mean, you're yes. losing Winston Rhodes, you're losing Mastin, um, you're uh, you're losing Sales, who's now on BC. A lot of newcomers. Brandon Alexander is going to move to the safety position. He talked about how, as a communicator, that will hopefully help things. But um, if there's an area of concern, or maybe you know, we'll see how it goes. It has to be the secondary on the Bomber defense, no? Without a doubt. And they're, they're going to be challenged. I mean, you're playing against the best playmaker in the game tonight <laughs> in Speedy Banks. And I'm sure Jeremiah Mazzoli is going to try to come out and throw it deep right away. The last time we've seen Mazzoli play was against the Bombers when he got hurt in, in uh, 2019 in July. So he's going to come out and try to air it. If my understanding is correct, they'll have two uh, guys who've never played in the CFA on that defensive backfield. And I'm sure, you know, they're going to try to go up to those guys and see what they can do. But when you have two defensive ends coming off the edge uh, like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers can against two basically fresh defensive uh, offensive tackles, that helps out your defensive backfield. Uh, so Willie Jefferson and Jeff Coat, they have to understand that they have some guys out there who are raw. They're good, but they're raw. So getting more pressure on the quarterback, not allowing him to sit back there and, and survey uh, the field and, and throw the ball wherever he wants to will make it easier on those defensive backs because they're, they're going to definitely need it this evening. Hey, uh, Milt always brings everybody out. It's great to see everyone enjoying Milt. And a special shout-out and good luck to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I see the team has popped into the chat. Great to see you all. Keep up the great work, and good luck to everybody out at the stadium who's worked so hard hard to get here. Let's talk a little bit about, well, just before we finish on the defense, Milt, um, you know, you mentioned the pressure will be on these newcomers to show that they can do it, and what a test going up against Masoli and Banks and the Ticats in game number one. The one thing that really was the difference maker, I think, in the Grey Cup is the way Willie Jefferson and Jackson mm. Jeffcoat abused the Ticats offensive line. I heard Doug Brown saying their starting left tackle was coming down with the flu, as he <laughs> likes to call it for this game tonight. Um, there is a lot of pressure, though, on those guys to get to Jeremiah Masoli quickly and obviously have Adam Big Hill in the linebacker hold, uh, core, linebacking core hold things down. Uh, because the quicker you can make the quarterback make decisions and hopefully rough him up and get him on the ground, the uh, the easier it'll be for these newcomers to handle some pretty high octane players in Hamilton's uh, unit, without a doubt, you know, and 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 Jeff Code and, and and Big Hill and and Willie Jefferson, those guys know that they have to rev it up this first game. You know, it, it's not going to be easy task. You're you're playing against the team who a lot of people are predicting to not only get to the Grey Cup but win the Grey Cup because they have so many pieces. Uh, coming back from one of the best teams ever assembled in CFL history. So those guys are going to have to rattle Jeremiah Mazzoli early. He's going to be anxious to go out there and make some big plays uh, because he haven't done, he hasn't done that in a while. But we know the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have the capability to go out there and, and put it in his face. You know, they can't allow him to run around. They can't allow him to sit back there and throw the ball. If they do that and they can do that early, he'll be pressing because he'll be anxious to make some plays. And then those defensive backs – will be able to make some plays on their own. So it's going to be a difficult task, but they have the talent. They've shown it in past years where they can come out and put some pressure on the quarterback, and that could make the significant difference in winning this game. Milt, uh, I know you and the TSN guys will be uh, at some point uh, hitting some of the lines and the odds and the TSN edge <laughs> stuff this year. I have to ask you just from your perspective that 
Does it make sense to you that the Hamilton Tiger Cats go into tonight's game as a favorite in this game and the favorite to win the Grey Cup? I would have to say yes. I would have to say yes. They, they just have so much firepower. Uh, they have a quarterback duo uh, like no other. I mean, if, if, if Jeremiah Mazzoli is not playing well or getting hurt, they have a guy who can put in who led their team to the Grey Cup. They have their special teams unit is great. They, uh, Frankie Williams can return the ball. They have the best playmaker in the game. Defense is solid. Uh, so everything, great coaching staff. So everything is in place for them uh, to be the favorite. But, hey, they basically had all that last year and they couldn't get it done. So them, we saying they are the favorites. Or it's just us saying they're the favorites. So it means nothing. But I think that is the correct decision right now to say they are the team to not only make it to the Grey Cup but win the Grey Cup. But who am I to say anything? I don't have any Grey Cups at all. So we'll see. <laughs> Milt Stiegel with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, Milt. What's it going to be like for you? To, I mean, I know you mentioned that you really would love to be here today, um, but you'll be uh, far. We'll all be thinking about you. What's it going to be like to see, uh, you know, that banner go up and to see that crowd and to know that um, that this group of, 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 well, this community is back together, but we're finally getting a chance to celebrate that incredible victory uh, two years ago. It, it's going to be bittersweet because I, I would love to be there. I would love to experience that atmosphere uh, and, and I've experienced some crazy atmospheres in Winnipeg, but I would love to be there and, and, and hear that and, and feel the energy. But unfortunately, you know, I'm here in Atlanta uh, and I'll be I'll be there cheering and watching and I may even shed a tear. You know, I sweat or shed a tear. It's all the same. But I mean, it, it's going to be something exciting. And uh, for everyone who's there, for that sellout crowd, for those fans, for the city of Winnipeg and the province of Manitoba, this has been so long coming. And I'm just so excited that everyone gets to experience it. All the people, I know Dave Asper, he's so excited and everyone else, because this is something a lot of people have been waiting a long time to experience. And I'm just so happy that uh, they're finally get to experience it. Well, Milt, I mean, I've been uh, doing this for 15 years and talking about this team and talking about you and everything. And we've been waiting for this night for <laughs> double that going back to it. So it absolutely is going to be a special night. As far as the CFL goes, now you knew you and the guys on TSN are going to be chopping this up throughout the weekend and going forward. Your thoughts on the West Division right now? I mean, Marshall Ferguson came on with us yesterday for a great chat. And, you know, one of the things we sort of had to admit that there's a lot that we don't know because of this mm. unprecedented time of this team's being off. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if midway through the season, we're talking about guys, you know, on all of the lead leaderboards that we don't even know whose names they are right now. But from your perspective, when you look at this landscape of the West, who's the team to beat and uh, who, who are teams that maybe are high on that have a chance to really contend for that West title? Ooh, and, and as you mentioned, it, it's crazy. You know, coming into this year, a lot of people thought Saskatchewan was going to be the favorite, uh, but their offensive line is just in shambles. They have so many weapons on that offense, two great receivers, great running back, up-and-coming star quarterback, but that offensive line is just in shambles. So I don't know where they are. Edmonton, I think they're, they're one of the teams to be the favorite. You know, Trevor Harris with that receiving core, uh, JWJ in the backfield, a solid defense, a brand-new head coach. So. That's up in the air. In Calgary, you have Bo Levi Mitchell, but who are his receivers? There are no big names there anymore, so we're going to truly find out what Bo Levi Mitchell is made of. And, of course, the Blue Bombers. You have the Blue Bombers, and if Zach is healthy, they have a chance. So it's a bunch of unknowns. If I had to pick a team right now, I would have to say Edmonton, Winnipeg right behind them, and maybe Calgary and Saskatchewan right behind them. But it, it just all depends on how the season plays out. If players – 
uh, get injured, whatever thing happens. It's, it's so much that can happen. And that's the good thing about this league. There's a lot of parity. There's just not one team that's just going to dominate, which makes every single game important every single week. It's interesting you bring up the Calgary Stampeders, Milt, because um, you know we were talking just about win totals. Their numbers ended at about seven, which is 500. You got to go back to 2007 for the Calgary Stampeders to be a 500 or worse team. I mean, I sort of give them the benefit of the doubt because they just do it year after year after mm. year. What is it about the Calgary Stampeders that has made them so successful for the better part of 15 years? Although they do have a knack for losing as a favorite in very <laughs> important games in the playoffs, as we saw last year, much to the delight of everyone here in Winnipeg. It is just a certain, as they say, culture that's been created there. Uh, it goes back to Wiley, and now it's uh, John Huffnagel. They have a culture there where once you step on that field, you not only think you're going to win, you know you're going to win. And it starts, of course, with Bo Levi Mitchell and what he's been able to do uh, over the last what what decade or so, and 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 the swagger he brings to the field, and everyone else just feeds off of that. He has an attitude where when he walks on the field, he knows he's the best player on the field, and he knows that, and he thinks that because he's put in the work. Now, has that window closed? On those opportunities, hey, we'll just have to wait and see. Has Father Town come up with caught up with him? You know, he's had some nagging injuries. They lost some of their key star players. They moved on. So it's going to be a true test to see if they can continue uh, that culture they've had there where they pretty much dominated and gotten at least to the Western Conference Finals. So it, it's going to be a test to see if Bo Levi Mitchell can continue what he's done in those pre in previous years. How big of an uphill battle is it going to be for our old pal Paul Apolise in Ottawa and uh, Matt Nichols in the, in the East? I, I mean, like, I, I try not to have these hot takes at the beginning of the season because, as we've said, we know there's a lot we know, there's a lot we don't know. But, man, I mean, you talk to anyone that has really dove into this upcoming season and uh, pretty much unanimously say this is going to be the team that we have the toughest time. Is this an overreaction right now, or uh, should we just wait for the jury to be out on this Ottawa team Led, led by Lapo. I want to wait, but if you want my honest answer, and, and we've seen Paul LaPolice get creative and pass and, 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 and make something out of nothing, but to, for this team to be successful, he's going to have to put 13, 14 guys on the field. It, it, it's <laughs> going to be a difficult task, and he understands that. Yeah, he has a quarterback who knows the game, who's had success, but beyond that on offense, I mean, are, they are so young. They're young all over, and I think that's why you bring in a coach like Paul LaPolice. You have a defensive coordinator like Coach Benny and special team coordinator like Coach Dice because these guys are experienced. So they're going to get the best out of what they have, but it's just not going to be enough to compete. If these guys win five or six games this year, that would be a success for this team because they understand this is a total rebuilding process. And you don't want to say that in the CFL because you only have nine teams, but they understand what they're going to go through and it's going to be a struggle. It won't be as bad as, as it was when they first started in the league, when they were, you know, a new up and coming franchise, but they're going to have a lot of challenges this year. And it's going to be a difficult task. Like I say, for them to win five or six games. Uh, the man himself, Milt Siegel has been with us here on Winnipeg sports talk. Uh, so many messages, people saying that's so great to see you Milt and uh, welcome you back to the airwaves here in Winnipeg. Can't wait to see you when you do get here at some point, but uh, I have to ask, what have uh, I mean? As much as we've missed the Canadian Football League and the Bars, we've also missed seeing you and hearing from you all the time. What has the last year and a half been like for you? And uh, how's your wife Chase? How's the family? And uh, back at the Steagle Ranch, you know everybody's good. It, it, it was a blessing for me because I have I had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with the family that I haven't had in years. I mean, I'm sure they're tired of me. 
because you know I'm a drill sergeant when it comes to working out. We're, we're not just, you have free time. You're not sitting around with Milt Steagle. We're either going to exercise our brain with some reading or writing, or we're going to exercise our body going out, running some heels, doing some exercise. So they're re- ready for me to get back to working and, and, and get back on the road. But, you know, it, it's been great. We've been doing a lot of things together, uh, spending a lot of time together. Uh, I've been doing a bunch of reading. That's been one of the things I haven't had an opportunity to do. So, I, so I've been doing a bunch of reading. Of course, I'm ready to get back to some football, but uh, it, it was a blessing for me because I got to spend a lot of time with the family that I haven't had the opportunity to do in the past. So I'm ready to go again, but I, I was happy that I had that opportunity. We remember your family when you were here in Winnipeg as a player. How old uh, How old are the uh, the kids now? It's crazy. My oldest, Chase, he'll be 17 in November. My youngest, oh, we're yes. so old. Oh, my we're God. Old. We're old. And my youngest, Colin, who was born there my last year I played, He's 13 now. So, man, time is – I won't tell you my wife say she won't, she won't tell me. I won't, she won't want me to tell you that. But the kids are old, seven, almost 17 and 13. They're, 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 it's going by fast. And yeah. i got to ask, uh, are they football players? Are they uh, wearing number 85 on their local teams right now playing, or are they into other sports? They're European football players. They're heavy, heavy into soccer. Nice. Uh, especially, yeah, especially Chase. He has aspirations. He wants to play in college. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But – they play a little bit of basketball, but they basically play soccer all year round. That's their sport. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we've got uh, a big soccer game coming up for our uh, Canadian women's team after we yes. uh, bounce Team USA. They've moved that 7 a.m. tomorrow, so everyone fired up about that. But, of course, the focus is on IG Field tonight. And there will not be an 85 in blue on the field, but I can <laughs> tell you there will probably be hundreds of 85s in the stands you're still number one here in the peg milt can't wait to have you back and uh, just can't thank you enough for taking some time to join us and bomber fans here on winnipeg sports talk before we get the great three down game back tonight here in winnipeg yes thanks for having me on this thanks to see, good to see you back on man you're so deserving of it and Hopefully it continues for years to come, man. And go Bombers. I can say that. I'm on TSA and go Bombers. (laughs) You got it. Go Blue. Thanks, Milt. And hopefully we can do this again later on this season. Really appreciate the time. All right, man. Have a good one. Right on. There he is. The the one and only Turtle Man himself, Milt Stiegel, joining us at Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, And as I said, I wasn't joking. I did get a a text. We've seen that the ad. No one has ever looked cooler in an advertisement than Milt Stiegel in the original not commercial that he did. And uh, there's a new one coming up as well, probably just in time for fall football season for both the CFL and the National Football League. Um, Thanks so much to Milt again. And uh, of course not. We'll see you guys at the game coming up a little later on today. Um, Also want to thank uh, one of our other newest sponsors, Paramount Services Limited. We've been telling you about Paramount. If you're in the convenience store or restaurant industry and you have needs when it comes to HVAC, plumbing, electrical, or even just handyman stuff, Paramount Services Limited is your one-stop shop to take care of all of your needs, and they're there for you 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and they've been doing it for over 28 years across Western Canada. Um, your business or your property, for all of your needs, you can give our friend Carrie O'Brien a call, or you can visit their website at ParamountServicesLTD.com for more information. And should mention, not just here in Winnipeg, but in Saskatchewan and Alberta, they're always looking uh, for new handymen, people with electrical HVAC experience to come on board. So if you think you or someone that you know might be looking for a great opportunity at Paramount, click on their site or you can go to our uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk page. They'll take you right over to the career site 
and uh, we'll let you know about that and how you can get in touch with them. Again, Paramount Services, the website, ParamountServicesLTD.com. Uh, I know many of you are going to be stopping in at your local Boston pizza before tonight's game or hopefully afterwards to celebrate a big Blue Bomber win. If you're doing it afterwards, you're definitely going to want to check out some of the... uh, These are victory cocktails tonight, if you will. The White Sangria Smash, the Peachy Mojito Royale, the Galaxy Fish Bowl, the Bulldog Margarita Fish Bowl. And uh, if you need a good bite, new summer menu also featuring the Burger Italiano and the Honey Dill Fried Chicken Sandwich. Uh, it would be interesting to see what promo BP has going on. They had the uh, what was it, the pizza race at the last Bomber game, so I'll be looking forward to that tonight. Uh, but as I said, a great stop before or after the game, or maybe pick up a pie on the way home after tonight. You can do it at your local Boston Pizza, open now for dine-in, delivery, and for takeout. And uh, speaking of victories, uh, you know, Maybe not necessarily for the Blue Bombers, but, you know, if you've got a young soccer or baseball player that's back at it, there's nothing that makes a win or even a loss feel better than a blizzard from our friends over at the Nick and Nicky DQ group. You know them well, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the DQ on St. Anne's there for you before and after the game with blizzards, ice cream sundaes, incredible burgers, chicken, fries. They've got it all. And, of course, the DQ ice cream cakes. If you want one of those, be the hero at your next gathering. You can hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba, and they'll get it all set for you. And uh, you'll be able to just pop in, pick it up, and then show up and be the hero at the next gathering. Nick and Nikki DQ, thanks so much for their support. And, again, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Remo, um, you knew people would be fired up for bomber season, but to get Milt Stiegel in on day number one, what a great way to get things back. There is only one Milt Stiegel, and he will always be the most popular guy in the room in this city. That's for sure. Yeah, everyone was fired up in chat uh, saying that, uh, wow, Milt looks exactly the same. He looks like he could probably still He could play right up. now. He he probably could. I, I get that feeling. So, I mean, have him run some... Short routes get open. You know, the hands are definitely going to be there. And it sounds like he's working out all the time uh, from what he's saying. So uh, great chat. I'm fired up for the start of the season. I started looking over my CFL DraftKings lineups uh, yesterday, becoming more familiar with the league and all the changes. A lot of uh, explosive offenses out there. And I think we'll definitely see one tonight with Hamilton. I know Addison is uh, not going to play. Soli's quarterback, Brandon Banks. He was one of my favorite players uh, during the last you know, a couple CFL seasons. So explosive. Guy makes plays. I think they're going to have to watch out for him because he has torched uh, the Bombers in the past. I knew they do. As you mentioned, they do have some changes in the secondary. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, the, the entire Bomber secondary is going to be um, changed over. And, uh, you know, it, it, they've talked about it, and I know Shea mentioned it, and Brandon Alexander spoke about it earlier with him being at the safety position that, you know, could help me. He's a little bit older, and I think maybe it's a better position for him to succeed individually. Uh, but the other thing, Remus, that is so important, and Milt touched on that, is the communication, especially with two new players that might be incredible athletes but don't have the experience in the CFL It'll be their first game with the motion, the waggle, and man, to do that going up against Brandon Banks in game number one, 
that is not a uh, that's not the matchup you want to get your feet wet in the Canadian Football League. And to me, that's why there's even more of an urgency for Willie J, Jeff Coat, and the big boys up front to get into that backfield and don't give Jeremy M- M- Masoli the time to wait for Brandon Banks to find 10 yards of open space and uh, then run all day. Oh, yeah. And th- let's see what happens with those guys. Uh, I saw some, you know, Stuff about the uh, Ticats D-line and O-line banged up. A lot of inexperienced guys. The one thing for the Bombers that we know is, you know, the O-line pretty much intact. Uh, the D-line or the, you know, the D-line and uh, linebackers uh, looking pretty good too. So, uh, I mean, someone mentioned, you know, Bombers, they weren't favorites on the way to the Grey Cup. I think they were underdog in every single game. And they're an underdog yep. again tonight. And what, two and a half points. So, like, kind of like a pick them, although they are home. So, if you give them the three points for home. So, uh, maybe to Hamilton, they got a Hamilton a bit bigger number, but, but it did. I, I, still I mean, like it opened up. It yeah. opened up in some places at four and even four and a half, and that's with the Bombers as three point. You know, getting the three points for home. So I thought that was a little bit out of whack. I mean, um, you know, I mean, to me, you know, as I said, we kind of went into this with Milt. I mean, the the blueprint for the Bomber success was really the foundational aspects of championship football teams: the line of scrimmage. Um, it was the bomber offensive line that, you know, completely dominated Hamilton's side of the football. And I mean, Dane Evans had no time. I mean, he had Willie Jefferson in his face. He had guy, I mean, just simply the bombers kicked the Tiger Cats ass for 60 minutes on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, and that's why the bombers ended up raising the trophy. Uh, but it would be foolish, I think, Reem, for any of us to expect that Hamilton is going to look like they did in that game in Calgary in November of 2019. I mean, they've been sitting on that loss for over a year and a half and bring back an incredibly talented group of players that probably even now still have a bad taste in their mouth about how the 2019 season finished. For sure. And I think Hamilton's been like that the last couple of years where they got this dynamic offense in the regular season and then the playoffs come around, um, doesn't have uh, the biggest success. I know they have had the injuries, like Masoli, you know, who's been so good throwing deep balls in, but Dane Evans came in and he was also uh, excellent. So they're, they're pretty lucky to have two quarterbacks. And I think that is one thing here. We're kind of keeping an eye on, keeping an eye on us for the bombers. Like, Oh, who's the quarter, the backup quarterback. Who's, um, who's going to be kicking the ball, uh, you know, Medlock moving on and then bringing in, uh, Leggio and Tyler Carpina. And, uh, what's the other thing? Hey, Andrew Harris, not in, will Brady Oliveira be able to shoulder the load and uh, how much does how much impact does Johnny Augustine have as well? And I think that's a question also for fantasy players uh, like myself are wondering about. Yeah, uh, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what the um, I mean, there's a lot of questions about every team going into tonight's game. Um, but when it comes down to it, I think um, we'll, we'll have some answers you know, today about maybe who the top team and who the favorite is for going forward. But there's a lot of football to be played, 14 games, but the bottom line is almost the game and the result of tonight's game is going to be secondary. It's getting this community back together with 30,000 plus in that stadium and uh, and raising that banner, getting back together, and then enjoying what will be a great football game. And what a week it's been. Uh, you know, you had the Manitoba Derby on Monday, the Gold Eyes opener back in Winnipeg on Tuesday, the Blue Bombers opener tonight on Thursday, and of course last week, you know, all the excitement about the Winnipeg Jets and uh, another member of the Winnipeg Jets signing yesterday, much to the delight of many people in our chat, 
We know who you are because uh, Logan Stanley, of course, has a new two-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, you know we've had a bunch of the other players on the show before. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome in for the first time to Winnipeg Sports Talk, fresh after signing a new two-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets. It's Logan Stanley of the Winnipeg Jets. What's going on, Logan? Thanks so much for doing this. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going well. People are fired up. I got to tell you, Jet fans were already in a great mood last week when we saw the additions that Sheffield Dayoff made on the blue line. Uh, people were fired up when they heard that you got your deal signed. And, uh, you know, for sports fans, it's been, uh, I mean, just to have our teams come back and have places to go and things to talk about, obviously, has been uh, it's been great for, for you. First off, let's talk about it. You signed the deal yesterday. Uh, how did it come together? Was it nice and easy? Did your agent just call? We got a deal, sign it, and uh, you're already thinking about next season. How did it all happen? Yeah, that was pretty much it. I was uh, up at the cottage uh, with my parents on the weekend, and uh, he had said they made an offer Friday, and um, then they called back on Tuesday, and... and I was have more than happy with the deal, and uh, I said, "Yes, sounds good." So um, it was pretty easy, I think. Um, I'm glad to be back, though. Uh, and and listen, there's a lot of people. The chat's going crazy right now. You very quickly became one of the most popular players on this team, certainly here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, have you had time to sort of reflect on um, last season and um, the strides that you made uh, in addition to kind of focusing on what's to come next year? Yeah, I think so. Since I've been Oh, you know what? Hey, Logan, we just had an issue and this happens sometimes when you're working on the phone. You probably had a call come in and it ends up muting you. Do me a favor, just just click out and then come back in because uh it's a weird thing with this OBS. Sometimes when that happens, it ends up muting you. So just pop out and then come back in if you could. And uh we should be uh we should be good. Okay, perfect. Logan, can you hear me okay, or can we hear yeah, you? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, sorry, Just uh, I was just asking you before uh, we got muted about um, about the season that you had last year. I mean, I don't think a lot of people expected you to play as much and have the impact that you made, uh, but by the end of the season, you were a guy that Paul Maurice was really leaning on. Yeah, I think that was, you know, being a young guy coming in with, you know, older guys on the team, and you have to build that trust and... and um you know, prove that, that you're able to play. So, um, you know, I think Paul and I have a great relationship. Um, you know, he's, um, well, a great coach to start, but he's just a great communicator and, and, uh, he's a pretty honest guy. And, um, you know, a guy that you want to play for and you want to, you know, want to do whatever it takes to help him win. It, it seemed, and we talked a lot about this on the program, um, about your confidence seemingly and it was it was obvious I mean you know you come in there you want to make sure you don't make mistakes your first few games in the league but as the season went on it seemed like you were far more comfortable and far more confident is that accurate and how would you assess uh, the way you uh, adapted to the NHL game and continue to improve for sure I think confidence is a huge part of everybody's game uh you need to play with with a certain amount of confidence to to be at your best I think and so uh I think once I was playing in a few games and realized that, okay, I can play here. I can play with these guys. Um, your confidence grows and you start making, you know, plays and, and, you know, going outside your comfort zone a little bit, which, which I think you have to do sometimes. 
Um, you also got a chance to, uh, you know, begin playing special teams, killing penalties a little later uh, later on in the season. Uh, and, of course, had that two-goal game in the playoffs. The game didn't end as, you know, everyone, especially the guys in that room, wanted to. But um, when you think back to this season, I mean, are there any particular – is there a moment where you sort of – I don't know if I want to say a light went on, but you sort of felt like, okay, I'm here and I belong? Or was it just sort of a gradual thing where you're trying to get better every game and feeling a bit more confident as the season went on? Yeah, I think it would be more gradual. Um, not really a certain point where – you want to, or I would, I thought that, okay, here I made it. Cause you don't want to get comfortable. Um, and you know, maybe a little bit lazy or, or whatever it is. So I think just as you play more games and, and, um, build confidence and gain the coach's trust that helped me for sure a lot this year. Um, we spent, a lot of time as every hockey market did talking about the expansion draft. And, you know, there was a number of players that, you know, you knew pretty much were going to be, and then you knew there was going to be some really tough decisions um, for general managers. And the jet blue line was particularly one in that, you know, you had four guys that, you know, were right in the mix. You had two in Pionk and Morrissey with their contract situations were likely going to be exposed are likely going to be protected. And it was going to come down to you or Dylan DeMello, both very important parts of the team going forward. Did you think about that at all? And um, at what point did you find out that you were protected? And uh, what did you think when you found out that the Jets had made that commitment to making sure that you weren't selected by Seattle? Yeah, I was, I was relieved. I, you know, I didn't want to leave Winnipeg. Um, you know, I, I want to play there. They drafted me. And, and so when I, uh, when, my agent called me on uh, at the deadline. It was maybe an hour or two before the deadline um, to for the teams out of their list, and, and he said they're protecting you. And I just was kind of sigh, or a sigh of relief. Um, it was a good feeling, and I was actually up with my parents that weekend, so we we're pretty happy. Well, and, and I can tell you, Jet fans are even more happy. And listen, Mason Appleton was a hell of a player. Uh, and I think, you know, people really, really, and we'll be sorry to see him go. And it's a great op- opportunity, honestly, for Mason, when you consider how deep the Jet forward group is. Uh, but all the conversation about the Jets needing to improve on defense, the last thing this team would afford to do was lose either you or Dylan DeMello. Uh, what was the what was the group chat like uh, amongst the defensemen when we found out that, that Dylan DeMello was going to stay a Winnipeg Jet? Well, I think everyone's happy that that uh, Demello is going to be staying in Winnipeg. Obviously, we're going to miss Happy. He's a great guy and, and a really well liked guy in the room and, and a really good hockey player, like you said. But um, you know, that's part of the game, and and everyone lost a player, so I think we're happy to have Smoke still for sure. He's a, a really good defenseman and someone that I really enjoy playing with. So um, I'm definitely happy he's still here. Well, I just, and you mentioned it, um, you know, what was it like? He seems to be a guy that makes his partners better. He certainly is a calming influence on it. I mean, how much did he help you through your rookie season uh, when he was playing on the right side with you? For sure. He's a really helpful guy and, and just a super like nice down to earth person. So it was easy to get to know him and, and play with him and, and just subtle little things, you know, after a shift or, you know, after practice, just, a. uh, a little, hey, try this or, or try that. And, um, you know, we get along really well, which I think helps us on the ice too. 
Now, um, you mentioned that you know there was a real concern that one of the two of you would leave. That didn't happen, and there were two big additions on the blue line: Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt coming to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, uh, what did you think about those uh, big trades that the Winnipeg Jets were able to make, Ken Vichevel Day off, and how um, this defense looks a lot different than it did at the end of the season with those two new guys uh, on the squad? For sure, I think um, you know they're both great hockey players, and and they're veterans in in the league so um it makes our hockey team much better and, and our our decor is uh looking pretty good i think so i'm excited for the season i can't wait to, to start so um i think you know both great moves and and they seem like great guys so it'll be perfect fits for us Logan, two more questions for you. First up, um, tell us about the offseason. Uh, you mentioned you're taking a bit of time out at the parents' cottage, which I'm sure is great. Uh, you're already training for the offseason. And uh, what are you working on? What's the focus before you get to training camp here in Winnipeg? Yeah, I was up at the cottage after um, the season. I went up uh, for four or five days and hung out with mom and dad and my brother and, and just relaxed. So, that was a lot of fun, and and then yeah, I didn't want to take too much time off the ice. I wanted to stay on the ice and and just stay in shape and not have, feel like I was trying to you know get my conditioning back and and the stuff like that. If you take a longer time off, so um, still working on my skating and, and getting stronger and, and faster because the game's so fast now. So um, you know, working on that and just trying to enjoy life a little bit, play some golf here and there. (laughs) Nicely done. Uh, I have to ask you about your number because it has been a topic uh, on this program. Uh, You know, as you sort of established yourself last year, there's a lot of people going, well, I want to get a Stanley Jersey. And we sort of said, well, listen, he's wearing 64 right now. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is like a number he got in training camp or whatever. He'll probably be changing it at some point. And then, we saw the num- all the new numbers yesterday, and you were not on that list. Is 64, a- is this your own choice right now? And if so, what is it about 64? And just confirm that you'll still be wearing it going forward so that people can pick up their big stand jersey. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to switch. Um, yeah, I, it, I've never really been a guy to care what number I wear. Um, and 64 is my dad's birthday, so I guess there's that. And... and um, I know there's been people buy some jerseys and some some things like that. You know what? It worked for me last year, so why change? That'll be good. Well, we were saying if it was going to be in numbers in the 60s, 67 might make a little bit more sense as a tribute to your height right now, reminding everyone who the biggest guy on the ice is. But in the the meantime, uh, it's just good to know. Um, We'll look forward to seeing that 64 back on the ice and to see you and the rest of the Winnipeg Jets back at it. Uh, Have you thought at all about what it'll be like to get back out on home ice in front of a full building of Winnipeg Jet fans after playing in empty barns all last season? Yeah, I, you know what? I've thought about it a few times, and uh, every time I just like almost get chills because I think we have the most passionate, loyal fans in the whole league. So, um, you know, they're going to have that place rocking the first night and, and all season, so I can't wait. Well, uh, I got to tell you, uh, everyone's here is fired up that you're with us. Uh, you become a, a big fan favorite very quickly. Logan, congratulations on the rookie season. Everyone excited to see what you're going to do in the next couple and the contract that you just signed. And most importantly, get you and your teammates back in front of a full building at the newly named Canada Life Center. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Have a great rest of the season. All the best with the offseason training. 
keep it in the fairway, and uh, we'll see you back in Winnipeg in a month. All right. Thanks for having me. Great stuff. There he is, Logan Stanley of the Winnipeg Jets, joining us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, Lots of lots of love for Big Stan in the chat, as we expected. Uh, I hope Taylor is here. The uh, the the definitely the leader of the Big Stan fan club here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, What a season uh, he had, you know, to come in, exceeding a lot of people's expectations and. You know, I think giving people a lot of excitement as to what he could turn into here in the National Hockey League. He'll certainly get an opportunity to do that. A two-year deal signed yesterday with the Jets for $900,000 a year. Uh, So, yes, Taylor, everyone, you can go in. Decided to stick with 64. I was convinced that he would change. uh, But, as he said, it worked for him last year, so why not keep it going? Great stuff with Logan Stanley. Um, Folks, it is about time. I have a feeling some of you might be uh, getting into a little bit of tailgating or pregame refreshments. If you are doing that, there is no better refreshment when it comes to beer than uh, the Little Brown Jug family. And of course, we've got the Summer Lager right here. We've got the Hefeweizen. If you haven't tried it, those are both part of the Summer Variety Pack and the flagship 1919 brands. There's the Honey Brown Ale, the IPA, um, so many great beers. You can get them in person by heading down to Little Brown Jug on William Avenue. Maybe meet a few friends there outdoors on the patio in the tap room. Uh, And, of course, you can pick up great merchandise and all the beers there as well. Uh, But if you aren't going to be getting downtown, maybe the easiest way is to go to littlebrownjug.ca and order online. Free delivery or free delivery within the city of Winnipeg. Uh, we had the free delivery last week. Uh, anywhere in the city, if you order by 4 p.m., same day. And um, they've got some great offers as well, as well as going into all the farmer's markets over the course of August. So you can go to the events page on the website and check more of that. Big thanks to Little Brown Jug. Might be a great way to get ready for the Bomber game with one of those 1919s. Um I had actually a good night at Assiniboia Downs last night. It started off with the Derby win, got a couple more wins last night. So heating up going into next week, uh, we will have to wait till next Monday for more live racing. But the track is open again. If you are fully vaccinated, you can get in on the lower level and outdoors. Uh, meanwhile, the VLTs are open, as is the Terrace Dining Room, but reservations are a must. You can find out more at AssiniboyDowns.com. And don't forget, ASD Live gets going at 6.30 every, or 6.45 every night of live racing with uh, Stretch and Kirk giving us all the info on the races. And um, and the YouTube channel is great watch, uh, great watch as well if you're betting with us on hpibet.com and a big shout out to our friends at breezy bend country club saw the sod going down on the new sixth fairway today done some amazing work on the golf course this year last couple years it was the clubhouse it was the patio uh last year the fifth hole now the sixth hole being redone uh it is just a great addition to the course if you're thinking about a uh great golfing home for you and your family next year make it breezy bend breezybend.ca is the uh, spot to go or give them a call and talk to our pal Corey Johnson. They'll get you set up and on the waiting list for next season. If you are wondering on what's going on in the PGA Tour, all the guys are back for the Olympics. The uh, WGC FedEx St. Jude is on right now. And the Herminator, Jim Herman with a six under par 64. He's tied with Carlos Ortiz. I see Matt Wolf, Bryson DeChambeau, Scotty Scheffler, Daniel Berger, all at five under par right now. A great, great leaderboard with some top, top players. Uh, Mark Leishman, T. 
Tyrrell Hatton at four under, Louis Oosthuizen, Cam Smith, Will Zalatoris, Kiz, Max Homa, all at three under. We'll keep you up to date on that tomorrow as we get into the weekend. Uh, we'll hit our cool bet lines uh, coming up a little bit later on. And uh, coming up in just a second, we're going to talk a little soccer because tomorrow the uh, we knew that the uh, we knew that there was a potential that we were going to have to choose between the Bombers and Canada's national women's team playing for a gold medal. Thank God the heat in Japan has conspired to move the game tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Winnipeg time. It'll be Canada, Sweden for the Olympic gold coming off the biggest win in Canadian soccer history to get there, beating the United States and going to bring in a good friend of mine, Fabio Capone. He is the uh, head coach for the women's FC Manitoba has worked with a number of our top young female players who are now heading off around the, uh, around the, the continent to get into university skeds. Um, Fab, what's going on uh, back at FC Manitoba HQ. Great to have you on the program. Hey, thanks for having me, buddy. I really appreciate being here and, uh, Lots of fun to be talking soccer. I love that you're doing this for us. This is awesome. Well, you know what? Anyone that's been watching the program really going into the Olympics, I kind of said there were some things that I wanted to watch in the Olympics, but the one thing that I was emotionally invested before it even started was the women's soccer club. I mean, we talk about the bronze medals. It go, really goes all the way back to 2012 when they got hosed the way they did against the United States. That stuck in the craw of many people, and that win on Thursday was nine years in the making, especially for Christine Sinclair and Winnipeg's Des Scott, the two holdovers from that game. Um, I'll just ask you about that right off the bat as someone that's been so involved in soccer in your whole life and works with female players, the importance and resonance of that win over the United States. I mean, we've called it the biggest win in Canadian soccer history. I mean, I think it really is by any measure. Um, have you sort of put it into perspective how much that means to the soccer community and what it could mean, especially for girls soccer going forward? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I I, I don't know how much thought I put into it because I think I think about these things all the time, um, you know, with just so much going on uh, in the world today. And, uh, you know, just for girls to be able to aspire to such a cool goal. I think, uh, you know, being the underdogs and, and there's been a lot of great stories lately of underdogs um, prevailing and just to have this happen. And again, to have, like you alluded to earlier, somebody from her own backyard to show up at that that uh, stage and perform as well as she is. Um, it's just kudos to everybody that's worked with her in the past. Uh, you know, how, how Canada soccer is starting to strive, how sports in general, uh, especially for females. I'm a father of a daughter. Um, and it's exciting for me to be able to look and say, you know what, nothing's out of reach. Um, and, and that's basically why I've been involved uh, with the FC Manitoba team. Um, just, you know, just because there's so much opportunity and so many amazing players um, throughout our province and females that I've worked with in the past and just loving the opportunity to be able to kind of further that pathway and have them be able to aspire to this. This is attainable for sure. Well, let, uh, let's talk about Des Scott because I'm, um, you know, listen, I've been doing this for, you know, was lucky enough to be at the U of M before I sort of transferred into this line of work um, as Des was finishing up her time as a bison and, you know, her getting an opportunity to even play with the national team was incredibly inspiring to every young woman on that squad. 
But I have to ask you, now that she's had this incredible career, will go down as one of the, the most impactful women's soccer players in Canadian history and one of the most significant athletes of this generation from Canada and certainly the city of Winnipeg, what is the Des Scott effect on girls soccer? I mean, I know it from my niece when she started playing. I mean, they sort of idolize this girl that they see playing in the Olympics and the fact that she's back again and now they're knocking on the door of the ultimate victory. Um, it, it must be tremendous for the effect that that has on young girls from Winnipeg that, um, you know, maybe you know, we're on a similar path than Des who kind of played at her community club, got going here in Winnipeg and sort of got discovered, if you will, a little bit later on. Yeah, and I, and I think that's exactly it. And, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's more of the, the model that's, you know, approached. There's, there's so many, you know, different levels of soccer and there's this race to high performance at the earliest of ages. And, um, you know, that is the testament of just like you alluded to earlier, just kind of going through the system and, um, and, and any, again, you know, Des could say it best herself, but when I think of her, she's, Every time I've seen her speak, every time I've seen her in person, she's always had a smile on her face. And, you know, sometimes when I walk around the pitches these days, I don't see that necessarily. And I think she's the type of person that's been able to bring that smile back to, uh, you know, especially on the girl side, that 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 light. And um, I, I, I'm really hoping for that again. Hopefully there's just a change over again and generational and girls can see that, you know, this is the right pathway. Stay local if you have to. I know a lot of girls that I work with go uh, have gone on to U.S. colleges and uh, to other provinces for universities, et cetera, here in Canada. Um, but stay local and, and, you know, your opportunity could present itself just the same, just as it did as Des, and really just enjoy it and love it and re realize that you're not in no race to anything. Like it, it could happen, uh, you know, later on in life. Just stay the course and enjoy it. Well, um, you know, she is, she's an inspiring person, Never mind an athlete. And, um, you know, I think about the effect that she has and what she's accomplished and the person that she is on young girls and, and women playing the game. Uh, but to be honest with you, I mean, you got to if you're not inspired or don't get a smile on your face watching Des do what she does or listen to her talk, you probably need to check your pulse because, I mean, she is someone that brings that out. Um, how has she been able to do it at this level for so long? Because it really is incredible that you know, kind of breaking into the national team later that many of the kids do nowadays. She's now back for a third time, and her and Christine Sinclair, who has her own incredible accolades, pretty much unmatched in the sport, are still there from that 2012 team that we saw lose that heartbreaker in such controversial fashion to the USA. Yeah, well, you know, I I, I think I, I'll speak a little bit more general because it wouldn't be fair for me to speak to, uh, on Dez's part, but what I do know of her is character. Uh, you know, just her, just the way she carries herself. And, and you know, we've seen that from uh, Sinclair as well. Um, you know, it's the person before the player and the way they just step up every time. If you see them, you know, they're always there. The first person to, you know, put out a hand and shake your hand or offer a picture with the girls or anything like that. And that type of character serves well in these types of sports and in these types of environments. Like the technical and the tactical aside, just to be able to get up for games like this and, as we've seen here, the time has been changed. You're, you're going amidst, you know, COVID type style training. There's so many factors going on and to be able to continuously adjust and be adaptable. And I think adaptability would be the key word for me when I think of Des or if I think of Sinclair, 
because I know as I move on in years, uh, the body is kind of taken over for me. Um, but, um, th- for some like themselves, they're, they've lined everything up, you know, they have to train that much harder, I would assume. And, uh, the game has gotten a lot more technical, uh, the, uh, these days and, um, you know, tactically you need to be, uh, you know, savvy with all the information that you're getting. So there's a lot of work that's being put on them and to be able to constantly perform. And again, just to be able to have her in our own backyard is just a great testament to, to Manitoba soccer. Fabio Capone with us. He's the head women's coach for FC Manitoba and a great friend of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's talk about how they've done because I've watched every second of these games. I've been into it, but I'm a, I'm a, uh, uh, I mean, I don't understand the X's and O's and the tactics and whatnot. I mean, just know when things go well and things when go bad. How has Canada done it? What have been the keys to their ability to uh, get on the press precipice of the greatest win in Canadian soccer history? Well, you know, I, I, th- Again, you know, I'd probably bore people with the things that I think I see. Um, but uh, for the most part, I just think structurally they've been really prepared. They, they have a, a game plan and they lead off the front foot. If you go into a game like uh, the U.S. and you think of all the players across from you and all the things you've seen, um, and, and that's kind of stuff will get into your head. So you just need to stay the course. And I think in years past, it's always been a challenge where it's always been look at the opposition we have to kind of be on the back foot, let's defend, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas you're seeing now that, you know, Canada is leading. They go into the games on the front foot. They have players that have been there before that are playing at high levels of soccer. And there's just a confidence, a swagger about them, which is really exciting. So um, there's a lot of good, you know, things that they're doing throughout the game. I think individually, they're that much more confident in their own ability and their awareness as teammates. Um, and I think that's just the Canadian pride that, willingness to never give up and that desire to want to win um they to me uh, uh, resemble a, a real what looks like to be a united team um some things could be said about the u.s where there was individuals at the forefront um and to your point earlier about players like des and, and sinclair from my perspective what i've seen is that it's been a complete team cohesion they're working together and it's collaborative and it's working. And Bev seemed to have been doing a good job again. Accolades to the coaches before them as well, like Herdman and stuff. But she seems to have them really clicking at all cylinders right now. Well, uh, they got to get it done one more game. And, you know, I think back, those of us that are old enough that at least remember the stories of the miracle on ice in 1980, the Americans going in and beating the Russians and one of the great upsets in Olympic hockey history, often forget that that was the semifinal. They had to then go and beat the Finns in the gold medal game, which they did. Um, I have a feeling that there will be vibes of that with tomorrow because beating the U.S., this has been a team that's dominated women's soccer for the better part of the last 15 years, Fab. So to finally get over the hump in some ways is a victory in itself, but there is still more to go. Tell us about the matchup against Sweden and uh, the opponent for Canada. Uh, also a heavy favorite, much like the United States was uh, in their, in the semifinal matchup and what the Canadians will uh, be going up against when they kick off tomorrow morning for goal. Yeah. And I, I think you nailed it right there. That's the biggest challenge is that you, you may have really thought that you've won the gold, um, and so to kind of reset and replan and realize you're no longer the underdogs, you're probably you know, the favorites going into this. Uh, the Swedish team, again, technically very, very, very sound, tactically aware and physically a presence, just the same as Canada would be. So I think they're going to be in tough, 
But um, nonetheless, it's going to be a great game. For me, again, I think it's going to be a lot to do with the mental stability and that flexibility throughout the game to adjust. I think what I've seen from the Swedish team is that they're that way. Um, throughout the game, they've offered a lot of questions of their opponents. Um, they've, they've matched up uh, against some strong opposition, and they've, they too have been on the front foot. So it's going to be a, a, quite a bit of a chess match which I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, my, my soccer instincts are going to kick in, but I really wish and hope maybe it'll be early enough that I could sit back and watch as a fan. Um, sometimes the camera angles help with that, but uh, we're going to be entertained nonetheless, like I said, and it's not going to be easy for the Canadian team. Um, but I, I'm really hoping that they've got a couple aces in their sleeves to show something a little bit different and um, pull out the win. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it's hard to speculate, but I mean, I think there's already been such incredible strides by these women, you know, year after year, event after event, all leading up to this. They're able to finish the job tomorrow and win that gold medal. I mean, what, what does that mean for Canadian soccer o- overall, uh, as well as right down to the grassroots um, with programs like yours? Well, again, exactly that. And, and you know, there sadly, there were some statistics have come out where, you know, Females in particular are leaving the game a lot sooner um, and so much so in soccer. Um, and I think there's this, there's again, this, um, this need to, to have to be at a higher level at an earlier age. And that is not the case. You know, we're seeing it happen here and um, there's other ways of learning. You know, kids are learning a lot differently these days too. So I'm hoping with, you know, there's going to be more awareness when Canada goes into this match and hopefully gets the result we're looking for. And, and we find out how much more type of education they're getting. They're not, it's not always coaches, right? And this is what it is. Uh, there's different ways that kids are learning. Kids are now learning electronically. Kids are now learning through TV. So um, through um, Zooms and all these different uh, platforms. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, they, they're just, the game is changing that way. So we as coaches and directors, et cetera, have to be adaptable in that way to understand that Canada just didn't make it there, um, you know, by luck they did it. And no longer is it just simply going on the field and training. Um, there's so much preparation that goes into it. And it's a lot, you know, I w- I'm not going to say it's simple, but there's different ways of learning now. So I'm hoping that's going to resonate through Manitoba soccer in particular, that we realize the importance of having fun and really enjoying the game. Because when you look at Des, I said it from the onset, she always has a smile on her face. So if you're going to want to play the sport for a long time, you have to do it with a smile. I still do it. I still run co-ed soccer leagues and I see multiple people out there and there's more females that are stepping out and all the conversations yesterday at the the park and the day before was about the Canadian women's soccer team so here you now have parents of programs and understanding that you know that this is a pretty special time for us and a really special time for women's soccer in particular from as early as five-year-olds and up. So as a parent of, of a daughter, like I said, it's really exciting. I'm looking forward to this. Well, I mean, the women have been carrying the mail for Canada at the Olympics right from day one. Um, we've had some incredible performances recently on the track with the gold medal in the 200 and then the decathlon gold. But this one, I think, would be special for the entire country. And this wouldn't just be a, a win for soccer. It wouldn't be a win for women's soccer. I mean, it would be one of the great victories in the history of Canadian sport. And uh, I can't wait for 7 a.m. tomorrow, I'll be honest. Yeah, you know, again, I've, I've had the, you know, the great opportunity now to be working with the 
FC Manitoba women's team. And um, it's, it's so refreshing. I go out there and I'm with a group of girls that just love to play. And I, I have a great uh, team that backs me with the Garcia family that's put this program in place. And um, they allow me to, you know, build these relationships with the players. And, and, and it's fantastic because you can see how, how excited they are for what's to come. And I think that's, you know, the program, the FC Manitoba, is to create that bridge between, you know, youth soccer to the pro level so that they're not just going away for school. They're not just going away for work. They're going away. They're playing soccer. They're coming back on their, you know, their off season. And they're really continuously building on that dream. And this, this goes to show you that that dream doesn't end at 16 or 17. The, the dream only, only begins. Well, uh, this has been a lot of fun. How can folks find out more about the FC Manitoba program? I'm sure you guys are on the web. You want to plug it? Yeah, well, we have uh, it's a I'm I'm so poor when it comes to social media stuff. I'm just learning how to use my Instagram site right now. Personally, just got a <laughs> but, cell phone last week. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I got rid of the flip phone a while ago and uh, now I've, I've made it mainstream. Um, we, we've got the, our Instagram site right now is FC Manitoba. I don't know the exact address, but be sure to kind of, you know, check in. Um, I'm always out and about at the parks and stuff like that. I really want, if there's it, I think the, the, you know, that allude really well to this uh, is the fact that there's so many females right now that are 21, 22 that, you know, are, are working and they have other responsibilities, obviously, and, you know, as life changes. But I want them to know with this FC Manitoba team, and most of them probably know me as well as, you know, the rest of the communities. My my personality is one of us inviting and relaxing. And I want those girls to understand just the same that they can, you know, get re-inspired again. Because I think this is a journey that we're going to take together. And we, we've got some pretty cool footsteps that we could follow in here with the Canada game coming along. And I'm just really excited about that. I don't want anybody to think that this is, uh, you know, structured, regimented work. This is lots of nets, lots of balls. Let's go out and have some fun. Let's build relationships and let's smile. Let's really enjoy yourself just like Des is. And uh, hopefully we they bring home the cup and we continue on here with this journey. Well, I've had some smiles watching the chat as I've been here as we uh, speak with Fabio Capone. Uh, some folks saying it's a nice French name, uh, probably English or Scottish. Uh, in <laughs> fact, in fact, this is going to shock you, but Fab is Italian. Now, has the uh, has the Italian crew have they settled down since the big win at the Euro or what? Well, that was you know what it was interesting. It, it actually hit me a lot more than I than I thought. Um, my wife's not a big fan of this, but I probably watch, and I'm not just saying this, maybe two, three games a day, if you can believe, where I find the time with two kids is probably, you know, but I've got a, I've got a good You're neglecting your cast, children, but, just admit it. You're, yeah, you've yeah, got a soccer I got a really problem. good supporting cast, but um, I just fi- figured that, you know, watching the national team and uh, would just be, you know, it, uh, just another game, but it was more than that. I just, I think same thing. It, it, it was all the character. It was just watching how they persevered, how they look like a team, how it resonated through the community here. Not only the Italian one, I mean, because there's, you know, there's other friends that we were having some fun and jabs with back and forth, but how, how it just kind of instantly united uh, not only the community, but just Winnipeg soccer in that one month um, where I'm sitting behind a screen watching soccer. I'm realizing that outside the environment's changing People are getting so excited about it. And I think for me, that was really once the once the game was won, I sat back with Nick Ziff and talked about it. And we we started eating pasta and meatballs. That was the that was the <laughs> celebration for me because my days of Corden are long behind me. But it was really neat to see all the families and 
all that stuff getting out and about. So it's good. So I, I, I hesitate to say it's worn off. I think we're still buzzing about it, but it was a win. I think for me in soccer in general, just because, uh, it was something we needed. We really needed it. It was really exciting for a shot in the arm for soccer during these times. I could have sworn I saw you doing a keg stand on the bar I patio, but that, okay, must, have been so, some, that must have been somebody else. That, that was the other guy with the long hair. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fab, this is awesome, man. I cannot wait for the game tomorrow. Great to have you on the program. Uh, all the best to you and the uh, the girls over at FC Manitoba and the continued success of the program. And Let's hope for a big win tomorrow and a win that resonates with uh, more and more people participating and more people paying attention to this incredible group of athletes that have made our country so proud. Thank you so much, Hustler, for having me on and for everything you do here. It's fantastic times and couldn't be prouder to be a Canadian right now. Right on, pal. Thanks for doing this. All the best. Take care. Yes, our buddy Fabio Capone is at Fabio Capone 9 and with FC Manitoba. Um, and, Fab, and Fab already nominated to be a MSA president as well by somebody in the chat today. That's nice to see the support. Well, WST is behind Fab, I will say. He's my guy, been a great friend of him for a long time, and just a perfect guy to talk to today in that, you know, this event tomorrow, um, you know, is going to capture the eyes of a nation. If it goes well, it'll be talked about for years. If, even if they don't win, we'll still be talking about that win over the United States. Um but, you know, gold is gold and, you know, that will be something that will last forever. But honestly, I think they've already and really even before this tournament, um, you know, established this Canadian national women's team as one of the, uh, you know, one of the, the most popular teams in Canada, regardless of pro sports, male, female. Um, and we are on the precipice of something real special tomorrow. It should be a great game. It's been moved. Supposed to be tonight. The best news I got all day as we bring Michael Remus back in uh, was that they did figure out a way to move the game. And uh, so it'll be a late evening game in Japan, which means it's going to be starting at 7 o'clock, Reem. And uh, no conflicts. We can go to the Bomber game tonight. We can welcome back the Canadian Football League get a few hours sleep and then get up tomorrow to see if Des Scott and Christine Sinclair can finally get that elusive gold medal for our country. Yeah, of course. Uh, they knew that it was conflicting with the bomber game and had to make the easy change. So uh, well done by uh, who the IOC and FIFA in charge of that one. But it was great talking with Fabio because I think you see something like this, uh, Canada women getting soccer. And I think it does inspire a lot of people maybe to get up and start playing. I think you've seen that with other sports. Canada, you know, going back to the Blue Jays winning the World Series in 92, or even most recently their success in 2015. I think registrations were up the next year. And when you see Bianca Andreescu, I know that I, even me was like, oh, maybe I should start getting out and playing tennis because you get into it, you start cheering and you want to um, want to be involved in that as well. Well, uh, anyways, a lot of fun to have Fab on the program. You've got a great program going, been very um, involved in Manitoba soccer. And, you know, in speaking with Rob Gale, who, of course, was also, I mean, now, of course, our coach of Valor FC, who unfortunately lost to Pacific last night 2-1, to one, but have had just an amazing start to the year so far. Um, you know, Rob, you talk a lot about some of the things that Fab mentioned, that so much of this starts at the grassroots programs with proper coaching, proper development. Um, we've been doing that with uh, with our women, despite, you know, incredible challenges with the size of the country and the lack of population and where everybody is. And um, and it, it'll all culminate tomorrow with 90 minutes and maybe more against Sweden for the Olympic gold medal. First time ever that two teams will meet in the final that both beat the United States. Sweden beat the United States, begin the tournament, and 
Canada finished the job in the semifinal. Um, the U.S. Did, does deserve some credit, though. Congratulations to those ladies. They won the bronze medal today. Uh, but let's take a look at our cool bet odds because the game that we're all waiting for is tomorrow. Now, these are three-way odds. So you can bet either team to win in regulation or you can bet the draw. Sweden is the favorite, significant favorite. These numbers look very similar to the Canada-US game. Um, Sweden minus 111. A draw is plus 220 and Canada is plus 410. Canada was plus 450 in the matchup against the United States. Um, The win game, the to qualify bet... Let's just see here if we have a straight money line. Draw no bet. So Canada plus 232 and Sweden minus 333. Uh, There's a number of other bets if you want to go on the goals, the totals, or anything like that. To me, it's all about who is going to win the game. And uh, that one, we're hoping it's Canada plus 232 to make it happen at any point. Let's get an update on the line for the Bombers and Ticats. And what do we have here? More line movement towards the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, they were, Yeah, exactly, Remo. We're moving lines as we do the program here. It was four, then it was three and a half yesterday when we talked about it. A lot of people got in on the Bombers at about plus 150. Good for you because the money is coming in on Winnipeg. Bombers now only one and a half point underdogs at home and the money line plus 117. Ticats minus 143. And the over-under on this game, 51.0 ream. And we're still waiting for lines on the other three CFL games. Yeah, I was trying to make my DraftKings lineups, and it's really hard when I don't have team totals. But I guess the books are like, hey, we don't know what they're going to be. So uh, I took the Bombers at home. I wasn't feeling great, but hey, the line keeps moving in my direction. So at worst case, I made a value bet. And I think that's what you what you want to do. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm kind of curious what the Bombers offense is going to look like, especially for a fantasy perspective. Um, Is it going to be, not Nick Dembski, is it going to be, well, we'll, I think Nick Dembski will have an impact, but I think Kenny Lawler, as Milt said, he could be the guy to watch for the Bombers. He said he's going to double his output, and I think with Caleros throwing, and you're not going to be doing as many runs with uh, Strebler anymore, uh, that's definitely a a possible outcome. Um, Brady Oliveira, will he be getting the carries? Augustine. Who's gonna get? Who's gonna get the majority? Who's gonna get the goal line work, the passing work? There's gonna be a lot we don't know that we'll be able to jump to some serious conclusions to <laughs> after week one. But uh, at least we'll know. At least we'll have some information based on this because I think we don't have any, and that's why you know people are hesitant to make uh, make lines. Well, and for sure, and as far as the bombers go, I mean, the one thing we'll know is you know who is ready to go, and you know who might need a little bit more work. Which of the new players are ready to handle and. I mean, you couldn't have a better test in week number one to go up against the team that many people think is the favorite to win the Grey Cup and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So that'll be the case. Back to the Canada women's soccer game for a moment, just on the odds. There is a three-way spread bet, and I talked about this, I think, yesterday when we were putting together our lock shop partner parlay. We had the over in the first five between Cleveland and Toronto. That cashed. We had the Dodgers. That cashed. So now we've got Canada. You can also bet them plus one. Um, at minus 109, that's what we have on that parlay, which essentially means a regular, like if Canada wins, it's a winner. If it's a draw after 90 minutes, that's also a winner for Canada. And I do expect, Reem, that this is going to be a very, very close game. 
I think Canada in particular has really excelled defensively. I mean, they didn't create a ton of glorious scoring opportunities against the Americans. And I guess that makes sense. It's a pretty tough team to do it against. Um, but I like that getting the goal on Canada. Obviously, we're going to be back in the red and white. But to do that gives us a little bit of wiggle room to at least get it to extra time uh, or potentially even p- penalty kicks um, because that might be the way that they need to win this game. Bottom line is they got to take care of Steph Labbe and let her see the ball and keep it out of the Canadian net. Yes, uh, I think they're going, yeah, they're, they're underdogs. They're playing like a defense. Uh, I don't want to say like a, he's a hockey term trap because I really don't know, but it seems like they were trying to bottle up uh, U.S., prevent the goals and uh, strike when they got their opportunities. And uh, I think that's the only time, you know, anyone has ever in Canada, you know, appreciated uh, VAR, right, Huss? <laughs> all in on var absolutely love, love VR. it's the best it's the best thing ever now right <laughs> uh by the way mal paris uh, was wondering wanted to i mean ask fab cannot talk about the rumors of messi signing with fc manitoba right now too fresh with the news that he is leaving barcelona uh but that is actually big news and we've just seen that all over the uh, social media that apparently it had been reported that messi was going back for another four-year deal at I don't know, 150 million a year or something like that. Apparently, that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, it'll be an incredible um, run for his services going forward. But Remus, as I'm reading right now, maybe the biggest news as far as a signing is not a player but an executive, Masaya Jiri, staying in Toronto. And that that noise you can hear right now is the entire city of Toronto and every Raptors fan around the world exhaling. Because everyone knows how important and integral Masai has been in building the 2019 championship team. And I think giving this team the focus and direction it has going forward as it tries to rebuild another championship squad. Yeah, I'm just reading uh, on TSN. Those are the two things people kept writing in chat. Uh, Messi is moving on. Masai staying. Uh, He's been there for a long time, since 2013-14. You know, built a roster, seven consecutive playoff appearances and the NBA championship. They're going to be going through a bit of a transition here with Kyle Lowry. And I know, you know, the last like couple of years, they're like, oh, Masai's contract's coming up. Maybe the Knicks are going to lure him in with some money or some other. It's always you know, the but, Knicks. Yeah, it's always, always the Knicks. I kept hearing, I heard that so many times <laughs> that, that he'd be going or was that, that he'd be going to some other team. But um, I know Raptor fans, great, uh, very happy to see that he'll be sticking on uh, with, with Toronto. That's awesome. <laughs> Big guy is asking in chat to the Bombers own Strevler's rights if he's cut by the National Football League. Um, no, I mean, there's no, I mean, they, we didn't, he wasn't loaned to. I mean, he was a free agent and he signed with them. All that being said, I can't possibly imagine Strevler getting cut uh, or being a free agent and not showing up in Winnipeg first and saying, let's, let's do this again and run it back. I mean, he, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with Straveler Remo. Oh, by the way, Taylor, you will thank you very much for the Stanley content, even though I missed it live. Yes, we were all wondering where you were, uh, but we did give you a mention as the president of the Logan Stanley Fan Club here inside the the Winnipeg Sports Talk chat. Um, certainly love uh, <laughs> love that. We knew that that would be the case, Reem, that, uh, that Taylor would be all over the Stanley chat when he was here, even if she was a little late today. Yeah, I think she came in and watched on replay. So everyone was asking where she was. It's kind of nice that we have this uh, community here and chat every day where, you know, everyone seems to be uh, becoming more and more familiar 
with anyone else. Well, and it's very friendly. I mean, Maul Paris will take a shot and do an extend to mellow tweet and Taylor will come back and defend her guy, but it's all in fun. And uh, yeah. at the end of the day, I think everybody uh, just wants to see, uh, you know, the home team, uh, you know, continue to move forward. And Stanley was a big part of that. So was Dylan DeMello. And it really has worked out almost as the best of both worlds uh, with the two new defensemen coming in and both of those guys still in the mix. All that being said, focus will be on tonight with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But as we just mentioned, Messiah Jerry is back with the Toronto Raptors. And uh, Lionel Messi, apparently, a little bit of extra soccer talk, is going to be leaving Barcelona. Thanks again to Stanley. But hey. back to Strevler. Um, Strev, if he is a free agent, I can't imagine a scenario where Winnipeg doesn't have the first crack at him. Uh, there might be a team that says, hey, we want you to come in and be the starter and we'll make you the number one guy. And if that opportunity isn't here in Winnipeg, maybe you go elsewhere. Um, but it's hard to imagine Strevler going anywhere else in the CFL and not starting at least back here in Winnipeg, Reem. Yeah, I mean, I can't really say what he's going to do, but I would think, you know, what he said about Winnipeg, um, he would want to, you know, come back and uh, celebrate the championship here. So, you know, rumors of maybe like a video, another video being shown. We showing the one last week where he was trying to tell people to come get lit at the game. So I uh, think he's got another one tonight. Like yeah. that's another reason to get there early. Yeah. I'm not sure this is out. This is a room, but I think I saw the bombers mention that a certain fur coat wearing former bomber oh. was going to be doing a bit of a pump up speech on the, uh, on the video boards before the game tonight. So uh, another reason to get there early, in addition to $5 beers and $3 hot dogs, and the fact that I think if you get there close to game time, you may miss the banner raising because realistically it is going to be, uh, it's going to be a little bit more to get in. Uh, in addition to, you know, showing your ticket, you're going to have to show your ID and your proof of vaccination, and that's going to add another step and probably a few more minutes. So I'd suggest you get in there early. They're opening up the doors a half an hour earlier because the bottom line, Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans at times have been a little late arriving in general. Uh, that can't be the case tonight. This place needs to be full. We've waited three decades to raise that damn banner. Let's see the seats full for it. Oh, yeah, I'm expecting it to be packed. It's going to be loud. They're going to be... Uh... You know, big fun atmosphere. I know you put out the tweet. Got a ton of uh, got a ton of replies. You know, a lot of people in chat will be there as well. So uh, should be uh, exciting. You don't have to worry about watching the soccer game in the second half too. That's actually even the best part. Yeah, well, no, exactly. It's yeah. all working out. I mean, we'll be able to talk both of it. And tomorrow we'll have a great breakdown of the Bombers' performance in game number one with John Hodge from Three Down Nation. Uh, John and Justin Dunk doing an awesome job over at that site. And John, you know, being from the area, really does focus in very well on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So that will be a heck of a lot of fun, a great way to do it. So if you're in the chat, let us know if you're going to the game tonight. I saw 18 over par podcast. What's up, guys? How many hot dogs does IG Field sell each game? I have no idea on what that number is, but I have a feeling they might sell a bunch. And I was thinking, Reem, as I rip back here to do the show, I wonder if there'll be any, like you always see the guys that go and try and do the Walby Burger. I wonder if there'll be any, you know, wannabe Joey Chestnuts tonight that'll get there at six o'clock, get a couple cold ones, and then just try and absolutely house hot dogs for, um, well, for more than 10 minutes, maybe 90 minutes right up until game time and how many one individual might be able to consume. Yeah, I probably would just go with the one, maybe two, depending on how I'm feeling. So I used to be able to put them back, but uh, maybe someone out there wants to uh, wants to give her. 
Well, I just think that there might be like there might be a hot dog eating guy that might decide that this is the opportunity to uh, kind of, yeah. you know, get back into public and say, hey, everyone, watch this. I'm just going to take oh. 15 dogs down before the game great, gets going. Great question from Mark Sports Video in chat. And I, I do want to get to some of the uh, the Jets arbitration dates. We haven't touched on that yet. Definitely. But uh, Mark says, will we see the beer snake? And I think like 100 hmm. percent. Right. I see beer snakes on like on uh, Instagram and like Wrigley Field and other Stadiums in the U.S. I still feel like the IG Field beer snake, or was it the Winnipeg Stadium one, was like the OG yeah. best beer snake. And doesn't even touch any other beer snake that I've seen on social media. I don't want to take too heavy a swing at the people that used to run the Blue Bombers, but I guess I'm going to do that right now. Uh, it was the most harebrained, short-sighted decision ever the way they cracked down on that beer snake the first time. I was sitting in Section S that eventful day. And let's face it, the Bombers weren't very good at that time. But we were really creating a very fun atmosphere, to be honest, that started around the original rum hut in the corner of the stadium that grew. They had to expand the fences because that many more people. And that was a huge key in getting young people to think, man, these games are fun. It's cool to be here. This was an absolute blast. And the way they cracked down on the beer snake was embarrassing on a million levels. And now everyone's trying to hug. Oh, remember the beer snake? Yeah, we remember it. We also remember about how you were trying to get threatened to have people arrested for making it afterwards. Completely banned it. Changed the cups in the stadium to prevent them from being made completely taking out all the fun of it. And it would have been fine if you banned it in all the other sections. Just let just let it happen in Section S. Much like if it's going to happen tonight, I guarantee you it'll be happening in Section 141 or Section 142 behind the stands. But it was just backwards thinking, and that was completely emblematic of the way the organization did things back then. And listen, Wade Miller has some detractors, and I know he rubs some people the wrong way, but the guy gets it. And he has done so many things to make these games more fan-friendly, to welcome in the sort of people that'll come in and buy six or eight beers at the game and build a beer snake and have a great time. So the team is in a way better situation right now. But I have to admit, my stomach churns every time I hear people talk about, oh, the CFL and the Bombers and the beer snake. That thing was outlawed after it happened once. And... um it, there could have been so much done from that. There could have been so many benefits from that. But the uh, the NIMBYs in the crowd and the people complaining to uh, you know whoever in the bomber office and the way they reacted was really unfortunate. A huge missed opportunity. And now you know we see it happening at Wrigley, and people don't think or talk about the bombers or IG Field because it got stopped before it even started. But it did, frankly, start here as well as it's been anywhere. I still look back at the pictures from that day and laugh about it, but also get angry that it was one and done. Think of how many missed social media likes they could have got if they would have allowed the beer snake. That's like you have Darren Rovell tweeting out, you know, revenue gained by uh, having million views on a beer snake video people were <laughs> were into it i'm not i'm not kidding around i i could just go on instagram reels it's all all beer snakes and it's all in other stadiums in the u.s but maybe it'll be we'll have one tonight who knows well listen the cfl will still put that picture out when they're promoting things i mean yeah. the bombers you know will say that stuff and again the people running the bombers now it's a completely different unit that was in charge and responsible for those decisions um, but it was really unfortunate. Huge missed opportunity. That being said, I would like if they could make the cups 
like they were before. I mean, remember, Reem, if you got a beer at the old stadium, like you still get at many, many professional ballparks, instead of just that cheap, thin plastic cup, a little bit more like almost like a souvenir cup with a bit bigger of a rim, it certainly makes a much bigger beer snake. And that was one of the things that was so popular in the old stadium. Uh, but you can also take them home and they become great tumblers for roadies and whatnot. Um, so that is one thing that we're missing. I, there's a cost involved that I know the financial strains are real, but I would love to see those come back in the next couple of years. And that would really bring the beer snake back to the peg and back to IG field after it be the outlawed at the old stadium. Yeah. You're really getting into, um, you know, the different kind of cups that they use at concession. That was really, they immediately detailed. banned those cups afterwards. That was another, that was another I'll thing say, that came out of that. Trust I, me. I, I know this. There's a lot of market research done personally. I'm not even taking other people's words for it. I know that myself. The one thing I remember, I went to the U2 concert at Winnipeg Stadium. And I just remember they gave us beer and cups that were like the Bombers marketing slogan from like three years before that date. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's any any correlation there but i do remember that happening and being like oh that's kind of weird this is like a three-year-old cup that i'm drinking out of that's hilarious you know what you're probably right you're, prob- <laughs> you're because, probably because uh, is there a right. cor- is there a correlation between these these stories i don't know well we, you know we're two? gonna need to do the timing we're gonna need to do the timing i don't know what the date was it was like 2010 the beer snake game it was 2011 the u2 concert uh may 2011 and i i think i took a picture of that cup being like this cup's like three years old no, you know what? That probably that all that all works out. That all works out because I do remember 2011 yeah. was the the final game, uh, the yeah. Eastern Final, where Chris Garrett ran over all the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Bombers won 19-3, and I was sitting in the upper bowl, and I did get two beers, and I stuck them on the ground, and within two minutes, one had frozen over, and I sent a picture of it to Lawless and Bruce Arthur in the op, in the uh, press box on the other side. They were in warm, and I said. You guys are soft, uh, but the beers are freezing. And Bruce tweeted it out, and it got about a million retweets, and everyone thought that we were crazy. But we were there for a reason. That was supposed to be the final game in the old stadium. Didn't end up working that way, but the Bombers did book their ticket to the Great Cup and, of course, didn't get back until we uh, saw the team raise it in 2019 in Calgary. And tonight that banner goes up at Winnipeg State at the IG Field. Cannot wait for it. All right, Remo, we, we did have Logan Stanley on earlier. It was a great to catch up with the big guy that signed a contract yesterday. But as you mentioned, um, the Jets news today, not really earth-shattering. We were expecting this at some point, but we do have arbitration dates for both Neil Pionk and Andrew Kopp. And it sounds like they'll have some time to get Neil Pionk done, a little bit more time to get Andrew Kopp. And uh, you know who knows how difficult these two deals are going to be, uh, but at least they've got some clarity as to when the drop-dead date is before they get into that room and go through what's always an uncomfortable ordeal of arbitration between yeah, the team and the Every agent. day, us, for the last, like, week when are when are the arbitration dates when are the dates and we only had a range where they could be but yeah the nhlpa putting out today we have actual dates uh pionk august 13th and i'm just putting up my phone pionk august 13th and cop 26 i don't want to give the wrong ones i joked that in the chat before the show that andrew cop is the main event he's the headliner of the arbitration hearings going on last we know what happened last time Went to arbitration. One of the few times that it ever happens where a player goes, was not happy, saving maybe the most difficult and giving them the most time to negotiate. I know they're hoping they can work out a long-term deal with 
Pionk, and Kopp. That's what they said. Can they fit them under the cap? Do you want to be playing $5 million to a third-line player? Um, no offense to Kopp, but that's where he's slotted. Now, he can play top two. He can play you know, second line. He can play any position. He's very versatile, but has he priced himself out? Based on, just based on how the negotiations have gone in the past. So I think this is something we'll keep an eye on. Um, but that was the the Jets news today about, and uh, and that and Rick St. Croix, who's been with the organization, he uh, retired as well. And yeah. Drew McIntyre's back. Yeah, Drew McIntyre's going to be the Moose goaltending coach, and Rick St. Croix moves on. And uh, St. Rick, as they know him, was, uh, I mean, an incredible career, worked in the National Hockey League here with True North and the Moose for a long time. The most prolific seller of Christmas trees in and around Winnipeg as well. Always has some great stories about that and uh, and just an absolutely phenomenal guy. So we wish Rick well in his retirement and kind of neat to see Drew McIntyre, a former Moose, coming in and uh, getting that job as he uh, transitions into his post-playing career now with the Manitoba Moose. Remo, as far as that list goes, I mean, you made a point that Andrew Kopp is the main event. Who are the curtain jerkers? Who are the guys that, uh, oh. who are the jobbers that are getting put out in the dark matches before everything gets going? I love you how you start saying, calling anyone like a jobber now. Like a John, was it John Rush? Someone put out a tweet about ketchup yeah. chips. And you're like, <laughs> anyone who takes Lay's ketchup over Old Dutch ketchup is a jobber. And if you're not a, uh, you're not a wrestling fan, a jobber is a term used for the guy who just goes out to lose and make the baby or make the, someone look good. So, to be honest, Reem, yeah. that was the first time I'd used that. And I mean, I do love wrestling terms, but I don't think I had done that publicly. And I think pe- the reason why that tweet continues to get liked and thrown around mm-hmm. is that not enough people have, I think I've started something, the use of the term jobber as a bit of a, yeah, you know, derogatory term. Yes. It- uh, you can get away with it. And I just used it for the second time. So yes, the success of that tweet is now bringing it more into the vernacular going forward. Ah, uh, yes, yes, Jobber. Yes, and then, Kenny's water bottle. Not to be, no, it's not Drew McIntyre from the WWE. Yeah. He's still there, the Scottish superhero. Uh, but Drew McIntyre, the former Moose goalie, is in fact there. <laughs> Thank you. Good good to clarify. That is important. Yeah. Uh, who do we have? August 11, Adam Pellick, Michael McNiven, and Jacob Vrana are the, uh, are the opener. Ooh, Vrana. They better yeah. get that done. That could be. Uh, that was a good trade. Uh, it was, it was, I, you know, I kind of like what Iserman's done. I don't know how much doing better a, they're going to be doing this a great year. job. I don't know how uh, much better they're going to be this year, but they uh, sort of realized that after all that success, they were going to bottom out a little bit, but man, what a time to open up a new building when your team sucks and is not getting any better anytime soon. You better have a good arena, but much like the Leafs at all times, uh, the gray seats are empty because all the suits are uh, feeding each other shrimp cocktails in that underground ACC lounge and they drop the puck and nobody's there. They did the same thing at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit where when you drop the puck, it looks like nobody's there because they're all taking advantage of the food and the booze on the inside yeah. because more often than not, the last couple of seasons, the hockey hasn't been that good. I'll say this. I think Iserman, I know, we know he was a Hall of Fame hockey player, but he's still young. I think he could be a better GM than uh, than you know he was as a player. Uh, I think he does did a great job with Tampa. You know, built a lot of the team that was there. You see, he's making these uh, big brain moves, uh, getting Ned, getting Vrana. I really like I really like uh, the moves that he's been doing there in Detroit. So you know, they're hoping to get another high pick this year, and then maybe after this season, they'll have you know they'll have picks in, in next year's draft, and they'll be good. 
good to go and maybe they can start to push forward again into relevancy. Nixon Sparham, trust the Iser plan in there. Uh, Sean Gange, uh, Huss, I don't think you made it mainstream, Huss. Yeah, well, I've only used it twice. It certainly isn't mainstream. We're, it's an underground term right now, really popularized by people in WST. So if you're out there next time you want to give it to one of your buddies or a family member, um, just call them a jobber. And Wayne Jones has said this just in, people with jobs are protesting against the term jobber right now. Well, I don't think I'm going to get canceled for this one. But Remo, as we've talked about it, you know, the old saying in this biz, DGC, don't get canceled. And uh, oh. I've I've deleted a lot of tweets or thought about sending tweets and I have not sent tweets over the last little while for that exact reason. Always better to be safe than to be sorry when it comes to social media. Yeah, I don't post anything. I'm I'm done. And I saw a tweet, uh, I think, from it was uh, Sarah Sivian from The Athletic. She's like, Twitter is the place where you go to tweet something and have it totally misunderstood. Uh, <laughs> and I saw a funny chain uh, on there. Kenny's oh. water bottle in, hey, uh, are people who slack off to, at work to watch WST considered jobbers? Quite the opposite, Kenny's water bottle. They are considered elite. That's championship performance, at least right here. You do what you got to do. You'll get the job done, but you do it while in bringing us into uh, into it for part of the day. So, uh, oh, look at this. We've got the phone. We've got the poll finished up. Yeah. Are you going to the game tonight? No, sixty percent. Thirty nine percent are in. So we'll look forward to seeing all of you guys there. T Kona Polly reminding us our car is back at it. Delane Racing, the Winnipeg Speedway is on again tonight. We will get out there on a Thursday night. It wasn't going to be this Thursday night because we're going to do the Bombers. Unfortunately for them, they're on that schedule where guys are running other tracks so they can't really just put it off the next day. So good luck to the Winnipeg Sports Talk car and Rick Delane coming up tonight. And uh, certainly if you're looking for a spot to do it. And I guess the Fish right now should check in on that game, probably just finishing up. They had a noon start today, moved it to noon so as to allow their fans to both hit the ballpark and IG Field a little bit later on. Barry Horowitz was a jobber, David Carpenter, but Barry, Barry is, <laughs> he gave us one of the great gifts and just the great mention of the self-pat on the back that is still funny even to this day. We should get, we should reach out and try and get Barry Horowitz on at some point on a downtime, Remus. That would almost be a dream interview for me. What's he up to? I think he's on Cameo. Uh, yeah. Come I'm, on. I'm pretty sure he's on, on Cameo. Let me just double it check. Can't be, it, it can't be very much. You have to uh, check that out. Need to get a WST ad at the stadium. Well, I'll tell you what. The best ads we can have is, uh, you know, folks rocking the shirts or the hoodies. Um, so I know it's sort of going to be hot today going forward. But if you are one of the folks that have supported us through getting one of those, uh, getting something at the store, uh, definitely, if you can. I, I totally get it. You're probably wearing your bomber jersey or hat. But if you do want to uh, throw that out, it's always great to get it out into the sports boats. And keep in mind, I'll be hanging around in that area in near the Bruegel Rum Hut, the Jim Beam Stillhouse, in at halftime. I will have a, uh, I don't know what I did with it, but I'll have a bunch of the Winnipeg Sports Talk koozies on me. So if you see me, holler at me, ask for a koozie, say you watch the show today, and I will hook you up. But uh, if you do want to buy some, we've got them up on sale. We've got a deal on four of them. I would suggest go with that. As I said, you stick one or two in your golf bag, and then you're not only are you taking care of yourself, but you can be the hero in your cart when you're jobber buddy forgets to show up with a koozie for your next round and then you've got a couple at home as well but um they turned out great 
I will have some tonight and I will look forward to handing them out to a full of you. Tall, Paul <laughs> Paris, tall, third pair, sheltered minute defense and considered jobbers. Absolutely not. You make far too much about that. Like it, it, I, I do hear that just in a, in a moment. And Murat's talked about this as well. Um, you know what? You put a rookie defenseman into a position that you think that he can succeed. I mean, the bottom line with Logan Stanley is he did everything and more that he was asked of. I mean, even the people like you, Maul, I mean, all these people that are trying to make their terrible takes about how the guy was a bust before he ever even played in the league look right are always looking at a way to sort of criticize the guy and come at the guy. But the bottom line is there wasn't a lot from what he did this year to criticize. You can say he didn't play in the top four. Well, hey, he didn't get the opportunity to play in the top four, and that's the coach's decision. He did turn into a guy that was contributing on the PK. He certainly turned into a guy that, you know, had some more pop offensively. Uh, he was a shooting machine earlier on, and it seemed like it was going to turn around. So, I mean, I think there was so much to like about it. People that are taking, most of it is self-preservation to try to make the freezing cold takes about how Logan Stanley was a bust for the last four years look palatable because it was pretty damn clear last year that he wasn't a bust and he was a guy that has a great future in this organization and that's a big reason why they knew that Seattle would take him that's why they protected him that's why they signed him and that's why like going forward just ask Taylor and the rest of the crew in the chat so listen the next Charlie that I'm not saying that and that's crazy I mean yeah he's big and I mean, Zidane Chara was one of the most impactful defensemen in the entire league. If he's half of Chara, I think people would love that. I mean, bottom line is, give the guy a chance. Let's not write him off because a bunch of people had terrible takes for four years that looked pretty dumb when he finally got an opportunity to get out there. Doubling down on a bad take just makes a bad take twice as bad. That's my take on it. We appreciated Logan Stanley coming today, and I know people are fired up to see him in, and it ended up being the best of both worlds. The Jets didn't lose any of their defensemen, made the best guys get in the lineup and help the team win hockey games, and that's what the goal is going to be next year. Put the best guys on the ice that give the team the best chance to win. People will have different opinions on who those guys are, and that's the fun thing about sports talk, radio, and here on this program. Um, and about a fa passionate fan base that is, um, you know, following a team that wants to see them win. So there's my two cents on that. You got me going a little bit, Mo. I love you, but uh, I hear a lot of this stuff, and it just sort of seems like cheap shots on a player that did everything that he was asked of and did it pretty darn well in his rookie season. Yeah, he came in and he was solid. I think, you know, I've seen, uh, I'm not saying he's next Chara, and I think, you know, maybe they did, um, you know, the opportunity cost. I don't know if it was uh, even there, but. Look, he's in the lineup. He's playing. You need low-cost defensemen on your third pair. He's definitely that. He gives them some size that they didn't have. Um, so I think I'm curious to see, you know, how it's going to work out this year. But I think he definitely surprised a lot of people when he came in. And you called it. He came in. He stuck around. Didn't come out of the lineup. And I think you want to see him have more success going forward. Yeah, for sure. And listen, I want to see Vili Hainala have success and Dylan Sandberg have success. And, you know, as I said, you can only play six guys. And it's just great to be having a conversation where you've got legitimate guys ahead of these players and the young guys are going to have to show that, you know, that they belong and take advantage of opportunities come uh, and maybe even wait a little longer. That's what happens with good teams. And uh, as I said, I think there's a lot of excitement with the addition of Brendan yeah. Dillon and Logan Stanley, uh, Stanley coming in. We've got the uh, Stanley should be Stanley could be Batman, Batman, <laughs> a lot of funny stuff. in. yeah, I think Stanley will be the third pairing with DeMello. I mean, I think that's pretty much 
obvious. And hey, if one of those guys get hurt or somebody up in the top four gets hurt, I think you'll see uh, probably Vili Hainla, I would imagine. And, you know, especially maybe if a player in the top four got hurt, maybe he fits in more, you know, going into play a bigger role and it's a big bit more of an offensive role. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if the Jets have that top four the way it looks right now and then a third pairing of Stanley and DeMello, that's pretty good uh, going in. And it certainly looks a lot better than the team had last year and still had a pretty good season. So, um, as I said, first things first for the Jets, Neil Pionk, August 16th, or August 13th. And then the main event, as Michael Remus said, Andrew Kopp, August 26th. Hopefully the deals get done before they go to arbitration. We're not talking about any of that and uh, onwards and upwards to next season. But as far as the Jets goes, we'll have lots of time to get ready for the season. Tonight, Remus, it is all about the return of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the Canadian Football League and seeing people around the league, not just here in Winnipeg. There is a great deal of excitement coast to coast for this game for CFL fans. It has been too long, and tell you what, it's going to be pretty cool to have Winnipeg be the focus of attention tonight and the uh, Bombers raising that banner and then getting out to play some football in what should be just an incredible matchup between the last two teams we saw play in 2019 starting it off in 2021. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I Cool Bet has some more props out there now if you're into the props. Oh. Only, only one is for Brandon Bakes receiving yards if you're a Bomber fan. I mean, it's a pretty high number. 98.5 is the total, and he's got uh, 6.5 receptions total for him. So more numbers slowly trickling in, trickling in. But more importantly, the first CFL game since you know the Bombers won the Great Cup in 2019, you know, first uh, you know Bomber game since 2019 at IG Field. Um, you know, we've kind of, we've had Valor, we've had the gold eyes, we've had the downs, we've had the racetrack, but now, uh, you know, we're going to have very, uh, very large scale sporting event, uh, hoping for a sellout. Uh, you know, you need to have your vaccination card, get your QR code, get your card ready. As long as your ticket, as well as your ticket has, you had the tweet. You don't want to be that guy fumbling at don't the door. Don't be that guy. You, you want to keep the line moving. Don't be that guy. Get the card or get the thing ready to go. And then make sure yeah. you've figured out your ticket. Don't be like, oh, the, my set, my service is bad. Just wait a sec. I need to upload it. Get it in there. Although I did try. I'm a guy that likes to use the screenshots of the ticket. Apparently, you can't do that. So I've loaded it into my Apple wallet. I really hope that they don't make things more difficult than they need to be. And I don't know whether this is true or not. Somebody in chat, maybe you can let me know. Is it true that... Um, Maul Paris, I definitely have you introduce yourself to me in and around that 100%. I will save one for you. I have one for you. Just bad takes do not eliminate you from getting a cozy. You're always here, a great part of the squad. Um, but listen, I was wondering, is it true that they're going completely cashless at the stadium? I saw people saying that, yeah. Oh man, you're not using Apple Pay? What do you mean? You don't have your credit card on your phone? Well, come to 2021. Yeah, you know what? You know how much that sucks at a venue with 30,000 people in? You know, you've got 20 people in line to get two beers or something like that? Just like like this. Go like this. You put your thumb on it. It takes two seconds. What's faster than that? that You think that it does that, but then they have to get the beers. Then they have set the thing up. Then they go in. You don't think that's faster than here you go? Thank you? Like, no. And I mean, I think, and again, not to get this into a COVID take, but this is an airborne virus, right? I mean, that's why everyone had to wear masks all this time. I mean, I, I think, did, didn't we realize that, like, no one's going crazy about washing their hands every 15 minutes anymore, well, you still, are they? You still got to wash your hands. Come on. You're saying you don't wash your hands? 
I, I listen, you I don't... do not think it will be faster than cash. I do not think it'll be faster than cash. I think it will be, um, I think it'll take a lot longer. I mean, hey, we'll have to deal with it. We're dealing with everything. We're dealing with you don't having just to be tap, vaccinated. You don't just tap your thing. It takes two seconds. It takes two seconds to actually do that, but it takes a lot longer than that to prepare the machinery to be able to take your payment. Can you imagine being a beer vendor? Can you imagine being a guy that's going up and down? Hey, who needs beers? They're selling hot dogs. Like that's got to be just over now. What are they going to do? Punch, punch in what they're going on and then pop it down. And what do you do when someone's 10, uh, 10 seats in? You're not passing the $10 bill down the row. You're not going to do I, it with the I never, I never liked touching someone's gross $10 bill down the aisle. I went to a game in the Metrodome, worst stadium ever. I spent the entire game passing people's food and money up and down the aisle. It was awful. That was the that, worst. Well, you know what? Sit in the middle of the row then. Or... <laughs> Get a better seat or something. That, not a team player at all. I could I'm not I could a team see player. <laughs> I could see. I could see you complaining about that egg lover. It was awful. Enjoy the game tonight, hustler. Have a beer on me. Thank you very much, Ed Lover. Actually, ten bucks. You can get two of those before the game. Um, so I'm going to try and get there early. I'll be hanging around. As they say, if you see me, hit me up. I will have uh, a bunch of koozies uh, until they're all gone. And um, it'll be great to say hi to so many of you. It's been a long time since we got back together at the stadium. Uh, it was great to be at the track. It was great to be at the ballpark. It's great to see the soccer team play. But this is going to be special. 30 years in the making. That banner going up. And uh, and welcome us all back together for the first time in two years at that beautiful stadium in South Winnipeg. <laughs> Uh, Remo, have we missed anything else uh, beforehand? Yeah, beer is five bucks, at least before the game. I'm not sure whether it is at the end, um, but it will have tomorrow. Anyone that's at the game tonight, I will look forward to receiving feedback on you, whether my take of the cashless society made things more of a pain in the ass no. or whether it worked out fine. I have, in most cases, I think it's no problem. At a stadium with 30,000 people with the amount of stress on the concessions, uh, especially stands or anything to do with hawking, it's gonna, it's not gonna be good. That's my take, and we'll look forward to seeing if I'm right tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see what the lines are. We will see. I like to find the the beer stand. You told me the freshie take yesterday. There's always like that beer stand that no one knows about. You can go and get one. Yeah, well, well there's we... not really at the stadium. That's unfortunate. No, there's the, no, the... there's no secret no, beer stand. They're all you... full. They're all full, and they all have like ten to twelve people in line, sometimes more. And I have a feeling with the crowd they're going to have tonight and the festive atmosphere that people are going to be all over it. So, uh, so as I say, we'll we'll fear about it. Cash is silly. Overall, like, no, I have not had cash on me at any point really for the last six or eight months. But I'm just telling you tonight, the the ability for a team and to be able to sell things quickly, um, you know, at the like if you're going into the the thing where you're buying four different things in the items, it's a long line, sure. But I'm talking about hawkers. I'm talking about just the individual beer stands where you know, like they're nine bucks or ten bucks, and you give them the twenty and leave. Like punching everything in and doing that is going to add probably at least 50% as much time, which is not good for the bombers. There is a greater cost of sales and they will sell less. So 
Um, as I said, we'll see. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I can go and do a mea culpa going, hey, that was a bad take by me. It was perfect. It was easier. I just highly doubt it. But I'll be there. Many of you will be there. You can uh, give us the feedback. So oh. again, not the not the big concession stands, but anything with a lot of people in line and only one or two products, I think it's going to add to it. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, what do you think the 50-50 um, total prize, prize pot's going to be at? Like over 200K? Ooh, 250. Wow. Like, are we going to hit yeah. over 250? Is there now? I did not see. I know often for big games, the Jets will start something at a yeah. certain. Have they have they done that at all? Has there been any talk about the 50 50? I imagine they've just been worrying about seats and filling the tickets. Yeah, I haven't. I don't think so, but I think it's going to be people are going to want to get in on it. I'll probably get in on it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, if you can do it from outside of the stadium, I mean, a lot of the, the uh, folks, oh, yeah, for whatever see. reason, are not stepping up and going to the game. Uh, they can at least get in on the 50 50. But yeah, a couple uh, of people saying 260, 225. Edmonton always has like the craziest ones, like 400K on regular. And it always, dude, you get a lot of likes with Alberta. Uh, with that. We joke about gambling and degen gamblers. The mm-hmm. most degen thing in the world is the addiction of people in Alberta to 50 50 draws. I mean, the, the Eskimo or the Elks now, but the former double E, uh, the Oiler 50 50s. Uh, the numbers are just absolutely oh. astronomical, like anything I've ever seen before. So, uh, yeah, I'm well, just looking for tickets, though, folks. If you are still thinking about going, uh, you know, there's tickets, 46 bucks, 62 uh, some great seats in the middle, in the upper bowl, as well as some kind of more in the corners in the lower bowl. So if you've sort of been on the fence and you've got your Vax card and all that, I don't know why you'd miss this no. one tonight. Uh, hopefully we'll have a great crowd tonight. Certainly a lot of seats sold. Um, and of course there'll be some people jumping in on those Jim Beam social passes as well, right by the Jim Beam Stillhouse and the Brugal Rum Hut. Uh, we'll make some laps there, especially in and around halftime and probably before the game with some of those Winnipeg sports talk koozies. Uh, well, it should be a great game tonight, Remo, and I'm just pumped. We'll get up tomorrow at 7 a.m. Don't forget, everyone, set your alarms. Canada, Sweden for gold in women's soccer. Winnipeg does Des Scott. Looking to finally get that gold medal after a couple of Olympic medals, not that color, and uh, what could very well be the final Olympic game for the great Christine Sinclair. So uh, I'm hoping, Remus, we get together tomorrow at 1 o'clock and are all fired up and able to talk about two big wins for teams that we've been talking about all day today on WST. Yeah, this has been uh, been a fun one. You know, I know Jets have been driving a lot of our big shows, but uh, people are definitely interested in uh, in the Bombers, CFL, and all, uh, you know, Canada, whatever other stuff uh, we're, we're bringing. So there's a lot going on. And yeah, there's the, I put up the uh, seat map. There's definitely some seats still available. Not not many, but there are some. And the 50-50, I forgot, you can buy it online. So uh, it started, this is like the time, 190 is the current pot. So uh, you can just do it, do it on their, on the Bombers website, wherever it is. So I don't even have to go find a guy to, or lady to uh, buy it off. I'm just seeing, uh, just back into the chat before we finished up that, uh, you know, um, I think the 50-50 is cash from a cash valley. Really not sure about that. Um, Tyson, <laughs> getting pre-wasted again to avoid lines. Thanks, Huss. Yeah, I figured you'd be on that uh, bright and early today. Um, let's see, is Tim Slur tips will be down too. That certainly could be the case. And that definitely sucks for the staff. I think it's hard enough to get staff to work right now. If the tips go down, that's not good. And uh, Gitch, you know, asking the question that everyone's wondering, 
can I pay for beers with Bitcoin? Do you think that will be the case? I mean, that's a cashless no. society. Can we uh, Bitcoin? What about Dogecoin or any of the other no. any of the other coins? I think Winnipeg is behind on uh, crypto being available. Although not did sell a car for Bitcoin. <laughs> but I just remember I was in Seattle in like 2016, I think. And I saw like a Bitcoin ATM at a mall. So I don't even think we're we're there yet here. Wow, Remus, you know, what amazing. I see our buddy Bravo Bry, a great friend of ours from our old spot on Pemina Highway. He's yeah. in. I don't know whether we'll do a marble race. Maybe we'll do one tomorrow, a victory going into the weekend marble race. Uh, and oh, and Jeff Bollenbach. Wow, isn't that nice of Jeff to prop by? Great show as always. What up, Jeff? <laughs> Thanks for coming by to Winnipeg Sports Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Gitchcoin. That's right, Brian. The Gitchcoin would be the, the crypto that I think we could all get behind here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, but Split, no, there's... <laughs> no, I don't believe there that would be the giveaway uh, tonight. Um, there is Bitcoin's ATMs in Winnipeg. I know at the beer store, I can tell you the beer store at Pevin and Grant and the Quality Inn, uh, they have a Bitcoin machine. I guess you can get cash out for a piece of Bitcoin. Not really sure how that works. Don't pay for a lot of things with Bitcoin personally. Yeah, you got uh, coin? I'm interested in learning more. You got coin? I, I'm, I'm <laughs> Are you at a digital you got a digital wallet, Huss? You're on uh, you, you know what? Crypto? I'm working on it. I'm I do have some crypto. All what? really Your crypto crappy guy? cryptos that are worth like point zero 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 one. Buying low reem. Hoping, oh, to, you got hoping to, to have it rich. You got but like, I want the I want the Gitchcoin. Like Gitchcoin should be the one that would take over. It's got a great name. People, I mean, some of the the weird things that people get into is more almost from a, a humor standpoint, anyway. So there were some uh, weird, weirdly named ones that uh, I don't know if I can repeat on the show. <laughs> IPO on Gitchcoin is going to be huge. James Blunt is on board. That's a perfect way to finish off the program. Yesterday was, I believe, four years to the day since I was hosting uh, a bomber road game at the Pint downtown, which is no longer there. Um, Gitch Lishka was with us. Uh, Joe Marcou, who has been popping in under an alias in here, also there. And we sat beside this guy who had an accent. We were watching the game, having a great time. And he was wearing a hat that said James Blunt on it. And we asked him a couple of questions. And after about half an hour, we realized that we, in fact, were sitting beside James Blunt. And it was quite the power move wearing a hat of yourself, like your actual just name on it. Um, but yeah, he was in for a in for a concert. He enjoyed the Bombers Lions game. We had a good time. Uh, and he uh, he and Gitch were fast friends. Gitch, in fact, part of the reason why we call him Gitch is that he had the lucky gitch for the bombers that year. A blue pair was waving it around. It was uh, it was quite quite the scene back at the old pint. Um, remote, great show today. Uh, we once again thanks to Canadian Club. Great to have them on board. You can pick up Canadian Club along with Brugal Rum, uh, Jim Beam at the game tonight. Check out the Still House, the Brugal Rum Hut. That end of the area will be packed tonight. And it'll be great to see so many familiar faces. If you see me, hit me up. I'll have some koozies to give away. If you want to purchase some, you can definitely hit the Winnipeg Sports Talk store. T-shirts, hoodies, all that stuff still up there as well. Um, in addition to Canadian Club, thanks to Royal Sports, not Autocorp. 
uh, Paramount Services Limited, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, and Cool Bet Canada. Um, folks, enjoy tonight. It's been a long time coming. It's going to be a special night for our team, our fan base, and our community. And then tomorrow we'll be talking about it and hopefully a gold medal win for Des Scott and Team Canada. That game is tomorrow at 7 a.m. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. We'll see you at the game tonight. Have a great night and go blue. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.